You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, one and all! Okay, now you're too 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 much, too much. (laughs) This is episode 184 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down <laughs> for balance. <laughs> we'll find a happy medium somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is episode 184. Very special, spanktastic episode. Oh my. <laughs> oh, oh my. my. Uh, special in the way that we are going to be doing three movies. Not one, not two, but Trace. A one, a two. <laughs> yeah, like the three. Owl. You've seen the owl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about the Fear Street movies, uh, the Netflix originals that were based on the R.L. Stein works from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently they have nothing to, well, Neither of us have read the Fear Street books. Didn't know much about them, so I did some sort of research, some half-ass research, <laughs> and I found that the movies are not the same story. Yeah, as I was watching, I think when I was watching part three, I was kind of like, I wonder how similar these are to the books. Oh, so you looked into it too? No, I didn't look into it. I just thought it. You just thought the question, and you were like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't care that much. Because <laughs> I wonder... Anyways, I guess I'll continue living now. <laughs> um, anyway. There's quite a few of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's three movies, but, th- but there's like a dozen books or something. Uh, no, there are 51 books. Fucking Christ. <laughs> that guy, man, Arl Stein, I tell you. Who does he think he is? Stephen King? <laughs> He's prolific as fuck, man. How many Goosebumps movies or uh books are there like, oh, like a hundred hundreds thousands maybe is he still writing them no he's not writing them anymore right i i know he's still writing i don't know if he's still writing goosebumps right doesn't matter we don't read them anyway used to not anymore yeah we're too old for that shit too old i'm too old to read period i haven't read a book in i haven't actually sat down and read a book in probably close to 10 years just i don't fucking have time for that I, I listen to audiobooks when I have time, and I don't really have time for that anymore either. I used to listen to them on my commute, and I don't really have a commute anymore, so there's that whole thing. There are 62 original Goosebumps That's books. What, what, well, then there was a spinoff, Tales to Give You Goosebumps. That's redundant. And then there was... Oh, no, that was it. Goosebumps implies that you already have the goosebumps. 
So maybe those, those you're supposed to read those first, so you can get the goosebumps, and then you read. And then the you goosebumps. have the goosebumps. You have the goosebumps, and then you read the goosebumps. I honestly thought there was like five Fear Street books. I did not realize there was fifty-one of them. No, yeah, me neither. That's a lot. Fuck. <clears throat> well, yeah, the overall story does not fall in line with what we watched. So just know that. Good. Anyway, um, so what's new, Taylor? What's what's hap- what's hippie hopping? In, what's in, hip? What's happening? In, um, in your hood. I mean, well, speaking of getting old, I did have a birthday since last episode. Eleven years old. Hey, you go me water. <laughs> um, <laughs> not true. Lied. Taylor's old as fucking balls. Yep, old as balls, and he has old balls. Yep. I'm luckily not sitting on them yet, so that's good. <laughs> that was, did we talk about that at your birthday, or was that a private discussion? I don't know. We definitely talked about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a fun little shindig. I mean, uh, Yeah, we went out and had, had some drinks. Some drinky drinks. Yep. Me and Max did jello shots. You did a lot of jello shots. Yeah, we did. We Four did or five several, of them. Several. Seven. I thought you said seven. Several. Oh yeah, we did at least two at the first bar. Did we only do one at the second bar? Maybe we only did three. Yeah, Taylor and Max did jello shots because they are woo girls. <laughs> yep, we wore tiny cowboy hats, <laughs> tight little jeans, Not jean Max. shorts, and Max's case yeah because <laughs> max does not wear pants yep. we'll get to that later not that but pants yeah we'll talk about pants. we're gonna talk about pants later guys <laughs> get excited <laughs> this is going way better than the first time <laughs> yeah this is like i fucked up again i muted my mic on my laptop didn't realize it until we were about almost 20 minutes in yeah you guys missed the whole thing about mattresses and <laughs> pants <laughs> yep it's going nowhere. <laughs> uh, anyway. Luckily, no one is on Discord right now, so no one saw it. It's it will forever be lost to the archives. Um. Anyway, yeah, and yeah, for me, like I'm still, I'm still a parent, so that's that's, well, that's good. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> catastrophic has happened. Uh, yeah, you just turned three months the other day. Um. Yeah, just kind of finding new things to, you know, panic about. That's fun. Like when he like spits up and has a major fucking shit storm at the same time. That's that's a fun little adventure. It's kind of like uh when you're trying to figure out how to hold many things with just two hands. It's 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 like that. <laughs> Except like more time sensitive. <laughs> um and grosser. Yes. Man, baby poop is so gross. And especially because he's primarily formula fed. Um, that's mainly due to him having weight issues when he was born and just kind of stuck. Um, but <clears throat> formula fed babies have different kind of poop than breastfed babies. There's a little uh, parental knowledge for you. Uh, and his. Yeah, you guys weren't ready for talking about baby poop. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Um, yeah, formula-fed baby poop straight looks like 
peanut butter. You don't really need to go into detail. You well, can just tell us it's different. That's fine. <laughs> well, like... Please don't compare it to food. <laughs> it's just really upsetting because it looks like peanut butter, but it smells like death. Um, yeah. And it's like... Because formula, like if you if you smell formula, it's got like a sweet smell to it, and that's what his shit smells like too. Like there's that sweetness to it. It's really fucking upsetting. <laughs> anyway, so yep, joys of parenthood. Yeah, and I go back to full time work here in um, a week. And I'm still trying to figure out how that's going to work. So we were talking before. I won't get into it again, but like. My schedule is all fucked up because we try to stay up late to feed him so we don't have to wake up super early. Not sure how much of a difference that actually makes, but we just kind of started doing it. Um, But we can't do that for much longer. At least I can't. And a lot of the pressure has fallen on my wife when I work two days a week currently. Um, The pressure falls on her to basically manage him and take care of him for the entire day alone. While I'm working, because I just I can't stop what I'm doing to take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I have work to do. Um, and she doesn't go back to work till October. So once I go back to full time work, I don't really know what we're gonna do because I don't I don't want to have to have her take care of him alone every day for you know five days a week. But I don't really have a lot of choice in the matter. It's like. I took three months off. I have to work now. Yeah. Anyway, but we'll figure it out. That's about all you can do. Yep. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so in other news, let's talk about the Great Flat Film Fest, Taylor. Oh, let's. Uh, last episode, we did announce that we confirmed our date, February 5th, 2022. We we're going to be back at the Arc Lodge Cinemas. Uh, you know, Delta permitting. Get vaccinated. Um, please. God damn it. Please. I'm trying to go on a trip, go on a trip next week or not next week, uh, next month. Um, yeah. Uh, submissions are open now. So go to either graveplotfilmfest.com or filmfreeway.com slash graveplotpodcast. Submit your short horror film, 15 minutes or less. Uh, from all around the world, as Rob Bookta points out, we should have called it the Great Plot International Film Fest or GPIF. Yeah, thanks which, for the late notice. Yeah, he informed us this last year in our third year, because <laughs> um, GPIF is much easier to say than. <laughs> um, oh man, if we took like submissions from other planets, we could be the Great Plot Universal Film Fest or GPIF. Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh you know I, I feel like it should go without saying but you know taylor said uh short horror films horror films horror films horror films guys <laughs> every fucking year we've gotten like three or four movies that are just like what the fuck is this yeah just like super experimental or like People like testing their anim. Like we we literally got an animation test one year. Yeah, and it wasn't horror. It wasn't anything. Yeah. Just like, God damn it, we we have to sit through hundreds of short films so we can pick out 
you know, four hours worth of, of programming. And it's like, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> why are you doing this to me? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We're also accepting sponsors uh, right now. Again, you can head to greatplatfilmfest.com. We have three different tiers this year. Bring money. Uh, as opposed to in the past, we've just kind of had one overarching tier. So this year we do have three tiers. So there's uh, one option that's a little cheaper, one option that's a little more, depending on how involved you want to be. Yep. So look out for, for that. No, it's already there. You can do it. You can do it right now. Greatplatfilmfest.com. Cool. I want to check in on the poster, see how that's coming along. I didn't know if we actually conscripted him or not. We paid a deposit. Did we? Yeah. I think you said he was supposed to start July 15th or something. So. All right. Neat. Yeah. Uh, speaking excited of... excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned this, I think, last episode and possibly the episode before, but we are going to be hosting a one-hour segment uh, at Grave... Or, sorry, Crypticon Seattle. Best of the Grave Plot Film Festival. Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Um, yeah, just our, our, our best stuff over the last three years that we've been doing this. Or our favorites, at least. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best, but it's the ones we like the most. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. So come join us at Crypticon Seattle, August 27th through the 29th. CryptoconSeattle.com. I will not be there on the 29th. If you come on the 29th looking for me, I'm not going to be there. You're not going? No. What if you have a panel? Tough shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm going to tell Jason that I can't do Sunday. Oh, because you have to go to a soccer game? No, because I have to go to WAC. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. I'll be there. Probably. I don't know. Just putzing around by himself. Yep. Just fiddle fucking around. Like, have you seen Taylor? (laughs) I don't know what my purpose (laughs) is anymore. It's not true. I know what my purpose is. I know why I'm here. Take over the world. Anyway, shifting gears. Uh, before we move on with the show, we want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. Those lovely little sons of bitches uh, give us money every month to help finance this silly little show that we run here. Um, it's not expensive, but it does cost money, and we're, we're still very poor. Um. Neither of us make very much money, and I have a kid to support now. It's true. You do. And you can help support him, too. <laughs> Not true. We don't spend the money on kids. No, but I mean, we have said in the past that if we were paying our own money for this, we probably wouldn't have done it this long. Yeah, that's true. Because it, it, like I said, it's not expensive, but over time, it adds up. Yeah. Um, and when you got other things that you got to worry about. Yeah. But so help us not worry about it. <laughs> like these people. Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our hearts. From the bottom of your stomach, apparently. <laughs> Greetings from the interior. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts uh, for all your money. Frankly, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, for as little as $1, you can get perks, including uh, joining us live on Discord for horror business, including right now. We are live. There's nobody there, but we are there. 
uh, $5 for your new name in the show. More tears, more things. Up to $100, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my posterior. And again, like this money doesn't go into our pockets. It doesn't go into Tony's baby's mouth. Um, I wish. This, this money... Formula is very expensive. This money go, all goes back into the show but for replacing equipment or buying new equipment or or the Great Plot Film Fest. Uh, you know, the, the more we can make off Patreon, the better we can do towards the Film Fest and other uh, other projects and things like that. Yeah. We I commented uh, the last time we attempted this, uh, like, we never use it for renting movies, which we have to do at least once a month, I feel like. Sometimes every episode. And in theory, we could just, like, rent them on the uh, the show's Gmail on, on Google Play, and so we only have to do it once. Mm. We're dumb. Work the system. <laughs> we are fucking dumb. What the hell's wrong with us? It only took us eight fucking years to figure this God out. damn it. <laughs> well, we're growing all the time. I thought I was done learning, but apparently not. Um, if you don't learn something new every day, I don't know the rest of this saying. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now that that's out of the way, you want to do some horror business? Sure. We do have a reduced horror business for you today to make room for our extra movie review. Yeah, because we got fucking... Hella movies to talk Hella about. So many movies. You're going to be like, what? <laughs> oh, so this is actually f- total four stories, but three. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, starting out in real world horror, uh, hopefully this will be a lot more coherent than my first attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just rambled about pants for like 10 minutes. Hey, guys, remember when we were going to talk about pants? Well, here it is. Pants story. Boom. I. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you have certain expectations of pants. Keep you warm. You know, go down to your ankles, usually. Unless they're capris. The capris, yeah. Remember when guy capris were really popular? Yeah. Manpris? Is that what they were called? What? Manpris? I don't think so. Oh, okay, good. So, like, that's terrible. <laughs> um, Like, guy pries is a little better, but still pretty bad. I remember I had some in junior high. I thought they looked so cool. And no, now, they didn't. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but, you know, they were really popular, and I wore them, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, not, not mine were popular. The look was popular for some reason. Uh, did you ever have uh, pants? Yeah. Usually, usually, <laughs> usually cargo pants, but, like, they had um, elastic bands at the at the cuff. So you can like strap it around your knee? No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, that was another popular. I thought you were gonna ask about the ones with the zippers. I had some of those. I don't think I ever did. I had some, uh, and then the zipper broke on one of the legs. I was like, so you just wore them like LL Cool J. <laughs> it's like, do I throw these away because I hate wearing shorts, or do I wear them as shorts? I think I threw them away. I prefer shorts. I don't like shorts. I like. I like them when I'm at my house. Like, I sleep in shorts. I'll, you know, if I'm not getting dressed, I'll hang out in shorts. Unless it's winter, and then I'll put on sweats. But 
Uh, but like, I don't like wearing shorts out in public. It's not like I'm insecure of my legs or anything like that. I just don't like wearing shorts. Hmm. I'm wearing shorts right now. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> good, good stuff. Anyway, so certain expectations of pants. Um, one of them is not that they move around on their own. <laughs> no, not, not usually. Well, in a video shared by Paranormal Channel, Hidden Underbelly. Although that could be cool sometimes. You're just like, pants, come. <laughs> come to me, pants. And they just like strapped on to you like fucking Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So yeah, in a video shared by Paranormal Channel, Hidden Underbelly, a child can be seen playing with a rabbit. When a disembodied pair of khakis, those fucking khakis, I knew they were up to something, <laughs> uh, appears to run by in the background. I posted the video. Yeah, I got to watch right. this. Okay. I got to watch this video. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on Discord, too. So if you're watching us live on Discord, you can see. <laughs> so these pants, they're just like casually walking by. It looks well, like they're, they're running. S- they're scurrying. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so yeah, uh, it features the building in the background or in the background that should be obscured by an upper torso of the being, for lack of a better term. Uh, wait, what? Features of the building in the background that should be obscured by an upper torso. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, parts of the building that, that would have been blocked off by a person. Because my first thought was it was someone wearing like a dark shirt yeah. or something. And then, so you just couldn't see their torso, sure. but yeah, he runs by like a, a window or there's, and there's some kind of like box or something on the side of the building and you can see it above the pants. Yeah. Maybe it was like a child or a, or a tiny person. Just go, Maybe it was a child with pants pulled up over their head, and they're just like, ah, I'm crazy. <laughs> um, some viewers have suggested that the ghost pants, as they've come to be known, <laughs> uh, were connected to some kind of spirit while, oh, okay, I thought it was going to be some rational explanation, <laughs> uh, while others have posited, perhaps jokingly, that it is an invisible person who forgot to put on a shirt. <laughs> Others have likened the notorious cryptid known as the Fresno Nightcrawler. Are you familiar with the Fresno Nightcrawler? I'm not. You got to see this thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just a big pair of legs? Yeah, with eyes. (laughs) (laughs) This is taking forever to load, but yeah. Oh, okay. It disappeared again. That's cool. What the fuck? People come up with the dumbest (laughs) shit. Except it's clearly real, because here it is. We got video footage. Well, the Fresno Nightcrawler was first spotted on video surveillance footage more than a decade ago by a Fresno resident, hence the name. <laughs> Not just a clever name. Roughly, uh, and it roughly, roughly resembles a pair of long white pants with a small head. So there you go. <laughs> I have zero explanation for this. <laughs> like I said, my, my best guess is if it was a gag or something is that it's a kid like in sweatpants pulled up over his head. Yeah. I mean, but like, it seriously doesn't look like that. Well, the thing is though, it's also like, it's 
flat across the top. Yeah. So it, if, if it was like, a little kid, you'd think it would be like cinched up or something yeah. and if it was sweatpants. And it's clearly like a pair of legs that are filling up like a grown man's pants. Yeah. So it's not like tiny little kid legs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I have I have no explanation for this <laughs> other than it's completely ridiculous. I'll go ahead and post the video on the show notes, too. It's probably Kevin Bacon. Somehow. <laughs> Because, you know, Hollow Man. Oh, I thought he meant because he was just like baconing people. <laughs> that too. That's how he bacons people. Yeah, he's all of a sudden he uses his doors just going to pop open. He's going to be like, you got bacon. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Kevin Bacon? What are you doing in my house? Are you Kevin Bacon? No. no. Bacon. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know where this is, but uh, look out for fucking disembodied pants, guys. Ghost pants. When the cryptos creak and the tombstones quake, folks come out for swinging way. Happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide or a silly So we've talked multiple times about how Disney is making a new movie based on the haunted mansion ride. Uh, although Jungle Cruise, which was, they were like, we're gonna, this is going to be the next franchise. It's going to be huge. And apparently it's bombing at the box office, but, but like I, a lot of people like it. Yeah. It's getting good reviews. Just people aren't seeing it. I don't know if it's like because of the, the Disney plus streaming, if it's going to be another matter of drama that with that. The, yeah. It's the premiere access too. Okay. Well, yeah, that could have something. Cause I know that. the rock was discussing whether or not he was going to sue. Hmm. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson really opened up a can of She worms. opened Pandora's box, man. Uh, but anyways, The Haunted Mansion is make, being made into a new movie. It's not going to have anything to do with the Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, it's hopefully going to be better, but it's being written by Katie Dippold, who wrote the Ghostbusters remake. And this other piece of news, which basically means I won't watch it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. Um, so, uh, it's being directed by um, Justin Simeon, who previously directed uh, Dear White People and Bad Hair. Uh, this is his big budget studio debut. And recently, The Hollywood Reporter announced that Lakeith Stanfield from Good Out, Get Out. Is that? I'm going to look him up because... Go ahead, keep going. He was the guy that, that yelled Get Out. <laughs> so, he, he's the guy that said... Said the get out. Yeah. Got it. He had the hat. Right. <laughs> you know, he wears a hat, <laughs> that guy. Uh, he will play a widower who once believed in the supernatural, but now is a rather lifeless tour guide in New Orleans' French Quarter. Uh, in addition, Tiffany Haddish, who is a very famous comedian, uh, w- will play a psychic hired to communicate with the dead. Now, what's interesting about these characters is it kind of... Lakeith Stanfield's character kind of sounds like he could turn into the ghost host. Uh, and Tiffany Haddish's character kind of sounds like she could become Madame Leota. Yep. So why is this such a turnoff for you? Uh, because I really, really, really hate Tiffany Haddish. Really? I cannot fucking stand her. Her being on screen for five seconds is too much for me. Huh. I don't really have strong feelings about her in any direction. She is just like the most fucking obnoxious person on the planet. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I know you're probably asking, Taylor, 
what's this movie going to be about? Obviously, it's going to be about the Haunted Mansion, but like, what, what, what are the details? Uh, I don't know. All <laughs> I know is it's going to follow a family that moves into the mansion. Kind of like the Eddie Murphy one. Right, but hopefully different. But I mean, again, like if, like like I said, like Keith Stanfield's character sounds like he could become the ghost host. Tiffany Haddish's character sounds like she could become Madame Leota. So maybe it's some kind of prequel to the ride. I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. This is like, like an that. origin story? I don't, I don't think so. No? <laughs> she'll, she'll probably be called Madame Leota, but I doubt she's going to be like a head in a crystal ball. But maybe she like gets depacketated at the end. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool. <laughs> I was gonna say, would that make you like it? <laughs> is that something you might be interested in? Uh, the project is set to. I don't shoot. wish her. I don't wish death upon her. That'd be crazy. I just never want to see her again. <laughs> I, it's not that I want to kill her. I just don't want her to be alive anymore. <laughs> uh, the project is set to shoot in Louisiana this fall, so they're going to get that authentic. Louisiana feel. Also because Lizzie it's cheap Anna. as fuck. <laughs> I mean, the ride is supposed to be in New Orleans. It's yeah. in New Orleans Square, so. Nerlands. Nerlands. Nolans. Um, Nolans, Louisiana. Uh, man, I really want to go to New Orleans again. So does cheese. I loved it down there. It's like, let's plan a trip. Huh? Let's plan a trip. Fucking it. Five of us. Five of us. I assume you would bring the the potato. Oh, no, no. No, you can't drink. <laughs> I don't plan on bringing him on any vin- vacations while here. <laughs> where <laughs> Until he's 21. <laughs> where he'll hinder my enjoyment. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't really... Th- I don't find New Orleans to be, like, a family vacation spot to me. Like, you know, we were down there... Yeah, I see people walking around with their kids. It's like, what the fuck are you, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, what is there to do with your kids other than new, like, ghost tours and, and maybe, maybe ghost tours, you know? Yeah. Depending on what, how timid they are. Did you guys go to the vampire bar? No. Oh. We didn't do a lot of drinking. We did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of that had to do with the fact that we had to drive because you were staying in. New Orleans. Yeah, we weren't far from the French Quarter. Right. And yeah, we li- we were about half an hour out of town. Oh. So that's your first mistake. It was cheap, man. <laughs> Can't argue with that. And we were going to be there for like a week and a half, so we had to budget. Mm. Um, But anyway, yeah, to me, that's just not really a place for kids. It seemed like more of an, uh, an adult vacation. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I was going to say, if the five of us go, then I'm like, you're on your own most of the time. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can't take him in there. All right, I'll see you in 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I imagine, I mean, because we're, we're planning to go down to see my family in LA uh, here next month, as long as the world doesn't explode again. Um, but beyond that, I don't really see us like taking a vacation with him until he's probably like five yeah because there's just no point it's just like an unnecessary headache yeah <clears throat> anyway but yeah i really want to go down there again uh maybe 35 next year or you're already 35 i turned 36 this year oh you're gonna be 37 next year yeah i think you're farther behind me than that no ah, you're gonna catch up with me soon <laughs> yeah that's how that works yeah i keep going backwards i keep getting younger i don't know 
Um, no, I mean, like, because, you know, we went there, and I don't know if you remember, but, like, that year for a Halloween party, like, our whole house was decorated like a, like, kind of like a gothic. Yeah. Like, New Orleans type feel, I guess. Yeah. Like a, like a plantation house type thing. Let's go for your birthday. For my birthday? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fucking hot. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I really liked going in October. That was fun because it was a lot of Halloween stuff. Um, but it's like tornado, or not tornado, hurricane season. So hurricane season in New Orleans is from like, like late May till early March. <laughs> anyway, so we'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh it'd be like oh it'd be we'll call it GPP takes LA too because it's Louisiana. So uh, it's still LA. It's like LA. <laughs> I'm yeah. clever. <laughs> yeah, man, I was despite the fucking uh Katie Dippled script, I was holding out hope, but now I, I, I seriously won't watch it. Just like I, I won't watch a movie with Tiff I won't purposely watch a movie with Tiffany Haddish in it. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm that opposed to her as a person. <laughs> you do you. I will do it. I am. All right, so we're getting news about a new Friday the 13th, like, kind of fan film, basically. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, official canon or anything. Yeah, it's more kind of like a... Like a new nightmare type thing. Yeah. It takes place in a fictional world where Friday the 13th exists... As a film series. As a film series. So kind of like a fictional version of our world. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be called 13... 13th... 13 Fanboy. Why isn't 13th Fanboy? I guess you probably have to make sense of the 13th. Yeah. Or not. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write the fucking thing. You could just call it like Jason Fanboy. Sure. Probably make more sense. Uh... Looks like we're getting an October release for uh, the slasher film, um, starring uh, a, a laundry list of, and that's not the right term, just a, a who's who of Friday the 13th alumnus. Laundry list is okay. You can just set a laundry list. I feel like laundry list is a negative, has like negative, negative connotation to it. Oh, I never got that. No? I think it's just a long list. Okay. What does laundry list mean anyway? I don't know. Like... I don't make a pants. List. Yeah, <laughs> shirts. So I don't. I don't make a list when I make laundry. Or no, I, do I laundry. just throw shit in the washing machine. Yeah. I mean, like the most things, the most meticulous thing I do with my laundry is I separate colors and and whites. Yeah. I used to do lights, but I don't really have a lot of like clothes anymore. It's mostly just dark, like your soul. <laughs> anyway, uh. 
Interesting. The director is one Deborah Voorhees, who you might recognize. No relation. No. Which, but it, it was funny that she was in a Friday the 13th film. Do you think they cast her just for her name? I don't know. I think there were a couple other reasons why they she got cast. Uh, you would recognize... Yeah. Yep. Uh, you would recognize Deborah Voorhees from Friday the 13th Part 5 uh, as Tina. I'm Tina. I'm Tina. <laughs> and her giant boobies. She's the one who got killed while she was fucking in the woods. Cause you don't, don't fuck in the woods. In the woods. <laughs> she got the uh, one of these days. We got to watch those movies. I know. I don't know why. I don't care how bad they are. They're called "Don't Fuck in the Woods." They're relevant to my interests. Yeah, I like fucking. <laughs> I like woods. <laughs> I'm. I'm. And I like horror I'm, movies. I'm fine with woods. I just. We need part two to come out. I don't think it's out yet. I like movies with a lot of gratuitous nudity and gore, and I feel like they probably have both. Probably. Um, I feel like you don't call your movie Don't Fuck in the Woods if there's not a lot of that. Unless it's a trick to rope you in. Kind of mm. like porno. Yeah. There's like one naked chick and it's just like, okay. She didn't do anything sexy? No. She just kind of stood there or walked around. And then just hung out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you think a, a naked chick just walking around would be cool, but after a while, it's just like, what are you even doing? <laughs> Are you going to do anything? <laughs> not put on a sweater. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to do something sexy, like, yeah, get dressed. It's cold in here. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, but it was directed by Deborah Voorhees. I uh, didn't know she was a director. Uh, the film will be available to watch on On Demand as of October 22nd. Uh, and they're also working on getting a walk-in theatrical release in at least 10 major cities. Are we considered a major city? I would think so. I would think so. Sure, yeah. But we rarely are. I mean, we're like the 13th largest media market in the country. Get no respect. I tell you. Hey, Wang, it's a parking lot. <laughs> no offense. Uh, oh, looks good on you, though. <laughs> uh, Voorhees, like oh, I already said that. Um, so... On top of her starring in the film, sounds like, uh, um, like I said, we'll have a, a, a who's who of... Uh, you said laundry list, is what you said. I said both. <laughs> uh, of former um, Friday the 13th stars. Uh, one, C.J. Graham. Uh, Tom hey, we met him. We did meet him. He was a cool guy. He tried to kick my ass. Yep. <laughs> and he was going to be on the show and then didn't. So there's that. Uh, Tom Matthews, who we also met, didn't interview him, though. No, he didn't try to kick my ass. No. He's about your size. I, I could probably take him. <laughs> he's he's, he's, got, he's very got old. 30 years old. <laughs> uh, Judy Aronson, Lar Park Lincoln, Tracy, or Tracy Savage, Jennifer Banco, Ron Sloan, Carol Locatel, and Corey Feldman. <laughs> I only recognize a handful of those names. Uh, co-stars include Andrew Lady. Vince Vincente DeSante, uh, who directs the uh, the Never Hike in the Snow, or, mm. or never hike, never hike alone in the alone, woods, or never yeah. hike alone, hike in the snow. Um, he directed those and played Jason, uh, Haley Reese Greenbauer, and genre icon D Wallace, because she's like 
She's like the horror Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Um, so Don't Fuck in the Woods 2 was picked up by Wild Eye releasing, uh, but no release date as of yet. Oh, I assumed it was out already. No. Oh. Well, fucking. As of June, uh, no updates on a release date. Well, fuck a duck. But it has a distributor, so. We should it, write Wild Eye an email. Strongly worded email. Just be like, hey, <clears throat> send us the dailies. <laughs> send us the raw footage. It's fine. Uh, the plot goes as such. As a child, Kelsey witnessed the murder of her grandmother, a Friday the 13th actress, at the hands of a crazy fanboy. As an adult, she discovers her grandmother isn't the only victim and finds herself battling to save the life of her grandmother's best friend, also an actress from the Friday the 13th, from Friday the 13th, only to find she is now being targeted by the killer. But who is the killer? So many suspects, including the man lying beside her. It's, dun, prob- dun, dun. it's probably Corey Feldman. <laughs> Always Corey Feldman. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Not so bad. You gonna check this out? Sure. I didn't know if it was Friday the 13th adjacent enough for you. If you were like, no, nah, it's too... It's not related enough. It's not, it doesn't sound like there's any Jason in it. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't really specify one way or the other, but I wonder if it's like a copycat. Like, if it's somebody dressed as Jason. So like part five? Hmm? So like part five? Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> 40-year-old movie. <laughs> no, 36, because it came out the year I was born. Uh-huh. 36. This guy. <laughs> Congratulations. <huh? laughs> um. Yeah. I, I could be interested in this. Maybe you'll see it on a later episode. Who knows? Hmm. Mm, quite provocative. Indeed. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want. So, uh, our final story. Our final story uh, is about a new horror comedy coming out from Mark Mylod or Mylod. I don't know. Both terrible. It's a terrible last name. <laughs> uh, who I guess directed episodes of Succession, which is one of my girlfriend's favorite shows. Uh, he's directing a movie called The Menu for Searchlight Pictures, which is the studio behind Ready or Not and The Night House. I don't think I, do I know The Night House? I don't. All right. I don't know Succession either. Oh, it's an HBO show with Brian Cox. And uh, Kieran Culkin. Well, how about that? Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be starring alongside uh, Rafe Fiennes. Those are not people that I would connect with a horror comedy. Or, you know, comedy. I don't, I don't see them as comedians. I feel like... Is it, wait, is it Ralph or Rafe? Rafe. Okay. That's what I thought. But when I said it, it didn't sound right in my mouth. <laughs> um I feel like I've seen him be funny, but I can't think of in what. I mean, in Harry Potter, he didn't have a nose. <laughs> That's funny. That's kind of funny. <laughs> he looks like a dumbass. <laughs> looks like a penis. I call him Shark Face and it drives Kristen insane. I don't call him anything. 
I always forget his name. I keep thinking it's Dumbledore, but that's not right. I was just going to say, isn't it Dumbledore? <laughs> <laughs> no, Snape. Isn't that, uh, what's his face? No, that's Alan Rickman. Yeah. I don't fucking know. What the fuck is his name? They don't say it. You're not allowed to say it. It's relevant. Um, And Anya Taylor-Joy, I mean, of course, she's, you know, from The Witch. She's done a lot of horror stuff. But, yeah, horror comedy. Yeah, I mean, these are just two actors I would not connect with uh, comedy. So it's interesting casting. Yeah. Uh, Also in talks to star is Nicholas Holt from Warm Bodies and Mad Max Road Fury. Who the fuck wrote this? Fury Road. Uh, He was the guy who spray painted his face and said, what a wonderful day or whatever. He was also Beast slash Hank McCoy in in the newer X-Men movies. He's uh, he's no Frager. (laughs) Nope. Sure wasn't. Frager? Really? Frager. (laughs) Frager! Uh, the film is a darkly comedic psychological thriller set in the world of eccentric culinary culture, centering on a young couple, played by Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt, uh, assuming he signs on, I guess, uh, who visit an exclusive restaurant on a remote island where an acclaimed chef, played by Fines, has prepared a lavish-tasting menu with some shocking surprises. Ooh, provocative. They're, it's people. It's going <laughs> to be people. Like, I mean, what else? Like, what else would what else would be so shocking? Right, if you're just like it's poop. Like, <laughs> I mean, that'd be shocking, but it'd be gross, and I'd be mad. <laughs> I'd be more upset rather than shocked. Yeah, I'd just be like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah. It was good, but still, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's panda meat you're eating. It's like, that's fucking weird. Like, where do you even get panda meat? <laughs> Can I have seconds? <laughs> Like, honestly, what else could it be? Unless it's like a Dr. Moreau situation. Where he's just like... Animal people? Yeah, it's just like, how is your beef? It's half human. (laughs) I made man cow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The menu was penned by Will Tracy and Seth Rice, which are not two names I'm familiar with. Nor I. Um, Sure. You know, I feel like a lot of times when you see... Oh, Will Tracy is a writer for Succession. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I feel like a lot of times when you see actors that you would not associate with a certain genre, that a lot of times they surprise you. Yeah. I mean, I I really like Anya Taylor-Joy in almost everything I've seen her in. Sure, yeah. Um. And, you know, there, there have been a lot of dramatic actors that have done comedy so well. And it's usually because they're so, like, deadpan. So Seth Rice uh, was the head writer at The Onion. Oh, okay. And he was also, or he's currently a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. Oh. So I guess he's the comedy guy. There you go. Um... Although Will Tracy is a is a writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. So they're rivals. Ooh. Coming together for the greater good. <laughs> the greater good. Cool. Well, could be good. Did you see Anya Taylor-Joy said she didn't think she would ever be a star because she's too weird looking? Because of her eyes? That's what she said. I don't know. I was just like, I, I was like, 
imagine being that fucking beautiful and thinking you're <laughs> not pretty enough. I mean, I I feel like there have been a lot of weird looking people that have made it. In, sure. Yeah. Not only in the world, but also in like Hollywood. in Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, but she's. I mean, yeah. Like she's really pretty. Like I, I don't know if she's seeing the same thing I am, but yeah, her eyes are quite big and they seem like she's definitely distinctive looking for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's not like to a distracting point. Right. It's not like she looks like you know fucking Rocky and mask or anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Or like Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Igor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Neat. Could be cool. Yeah, that's so bad. So yeah, like we said, uh, we had a um, redacted, not redacted, uh, Shortened. Com- compacted version of horror business. So that's it. We've reached the end. Yep, that's it. Uh, so let's not waste time and get to the film review. Let's head over to Fear Street. All right, guys. So like we said, this is our Fear Street episode. We will be talking about the three Fear Street episodes. <laughs> Not gonna look. <laughs> I tried to make Taylor look. He tried to play the game. <laughs> um, yeah. So these are pretty new. Uh, they came out in June. So you know we're right on top of things as usual. <laughs> Typical us. Um. Yeah, they were released in weeks, like successive weeks, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they didn't come out all at once. Right. Or was it? Yeah. I think it was weeks. One per week. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all three were uh, directed by Lee Janiak, um, who directed Honeymoon. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. That was? Yeah. I don't remember it all that well. I remember it not being that great. I liked it. Well, nobody cares. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly how we're gonna do this. Um, because of the way the story's told, um, and it's kind of in reverse chronological order. Um, we're gonna be spoiling things just because. I don't know how else to how else to do it. Yeah, we were talking about this before, and there, there's basically no way to like talk about part two without spoiling part one, and yeah. same with part three and two. <clears throat> and because there's kind of like overlap between the three movies, uh, I think probably what we'll do is just not make a big like you know like a very you know uh, like a hard cut. Yeah, we're not going to do like very clear separations of the films. It's like okay, we're be like okay, and then in the next movie. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so if you're one of those people that tunes in just to hear trailers of movies, sorry, you're going to be disappointed. There is one on Netflix. I just got to figure out how I can. Is it like one for all three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like a- so here it is. There was a time 
when things were good on Shady Side. But now, that's all gone. Oh man, I turn the around with the skeleton hand, yeah. Hello? Still alive. Who is this? It's happening again. Tonight is Sunnyvale versus Shady Side. Red versus blue. Good versus evil. We commence a Kate Are you okay? That was nineteen seventy-eight. Five thousand nine hundred thirty-seven days ago. Shady Side, a history of horror, has earned it the nickname Killer Capital USA. It's happening, guys. These massacres happen in Shadyside over and over. You were the only person who survived. How do we end this? You have to go back to where it all started. 1666. The devil has come to feast on our misdeeds. If they want a witch. Witches! Witches! I will curse this town. Forever. It's been three centuries. It stops here. It stops with us. Who the hell was that? How should I know? She was hot! The bitch seemed normal. Amazing observation. Your best chance is to run from this place. Go, go, go! On Shadyside, we're all cursed. The devil is in me. Any sense for fighting these things? Try not to die. Welcome to the suck. Come back from that mother. And here he is now. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the Fear Street films, um, they are, uh, like we said, based on the R.L. Stein books. Um, and apparently by based on, we mean with the same name as. Yeah, I mean, there are some similarities, but the story itself is pretty different from what I can tell. Um, we've got basically three different casts, or sorry, actually, it's more like two different casts. Because the one, the first one, which we'll talk about first, takes place in 1994 and has one cast. The second film takes place in 1978, has a separate cast. And then the third film takes place in 1666 and basically has a combination of the 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 mismatch, uh, which I'll crisscross get into later. Um, Yeah. So, okay. I guess we'll just start at the beginning. Seems like a logical place. All right, so we'll open up um, in 1994 um, in a town called Shadyside. Um, it's not really 
explicit where this takes place in, in as far as in the U.S. Uh, United States. Um, but based on the town's history, you have to assume it's probably seems like somewhere northeast. Yeah, uh, New England somewhere, <clears throat> on account of its colonial and puritanical roots history. Yeah, and the fact that it was founded in the 17th century when you know the United States didn't even exist. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we open up in Shadyside, um, the end of a long day at the mall, um, and we see uh, Maya Hawk, who plays Heather Watkins. She's getting off her shift at B. Dalton's. Wait, that was her? Yeah. I did not recognize her. Oh, well, there you go. I like that the woman is buying one of the Fair Street books. Was it? Yep. <laughs> Like the movie literally opens up on one of the books. Hmm. I know there's a there's a shot right at the beginning. I don't know if it's like the first shot or just kind of in one of the opening scenes, but it like kind of pans over a bookshelf and there's a series of books from Robert Lawrence. Robert Lawrence Stein. It's just Robert Lawrence, but yeah, R. L. Stein. Right. Robert Lawrence. Um and yeah, they look like the Fear Street books. I didn't really notice the title though. Uh, I didn't notice the title, but I recognize the cover. Okay. So I mean, it may have been said something else to not like obviously give away, but um, yeah, I recognize the cover as one of the Fair Street books. Right. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, my not my Heather. Uh, she's about to get off her shift. Um, and she is uh surprised by her friend Ryan, um, who I presume also works in the mall, or no, he shows up with a blow up doll, so probably not. They probably don't like that in the mall. No, I thought he did work there. I thought he worked at like a Spencer's Gifts or something. That was the impression I got. Or, oh, I maybe. mean, maybe it was like a porn shop in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Malls are weird back... Actually, no. Malls are weird now. Because they're just a random fucking mishmash of stores. Well, yeah, because no one goes to malls anymore. So they just get whatever stores they can. Yeah. Back then, it was like, hey, yeah, a bookstore and a fucking shoe store. And uh, here's your, like, your new agey store. Uh, Hot Topic, which was the store nobody went to then. Right. Um, <laughs> the weird kids went there. Yeah, and there was the Zoomies when it was still above the belt. <laughs> Zoomies, yeah. You remember that? Yep. Um, and Journeys. There's always a Journeys. journeys. Mr. Rags. <laughs> I don't remember Mr. Rags. Uh, it was pretty small. It, On Claire's. It, huh? Claire's. Claire's. Always Claire's a Claire's. Still, Claire's still around. Anyway, but yeah, now it's just like, hey, come in and buy a fucking samurai sword and and flowers. And then it's like gun store, liquor store, yeah. gun store, Claire's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's the fucking Hickory Farms store for a month. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a spirit next month. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, her friend Ryan sneaks up on her with a blow up doll and kind of taunts her with it. Nothing grotesque, just he's got a blow-up doll. Right, he's not like fucking it in front of her. Um, See, this is you. <laughs> Tonight. Uh, uh. Um. Tonight. You. <laughs> so, um. We're never going to get through this. No, it's going to take forever. That's why I'm trying to like be decisive about what kind of details I share. Um, so she's closing up shop. And man, like I just like I said, she worked at B. Dalton's. You remember B. Dalton's? Mm, not really. No. Oh, 
Uh, like I, I remember Barnes and Noble more than B. Dalton's. Oh uh, yeah, well there, there. I mean, there were a lot of different bookstores <laughs> in the nineties. Now there's basically one. There, Amazon. <laughs> well, Amazon, sure. Amazon basically destroyed bookstores and then opened new bookstores, right? To just piss on their grave, scumbags. <laughs> Yeah, basically, Amazon started off and destroyed bookstores and then destroyed things like like warehouse music and then destroyed basically every other <laughs> um, form of retail. But yeah, there was a time when there were several different chains of bookstores. Barnes & Noble was probably the biggest one. Borders is probably the second mm, biggest. Borders. Then there was B. Dalton and Walden Books. Now B. Dalton's, Walden's, and um, Borders are all gone. Yeah. Fucking Amazon. But I used to, fuck, B. Dalton and, and Walden, that's where I used to buy my, my YA books back in the day. <laughs> Goosebumps and fucking Animorphs and shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Madame Mayo and Redwall, all the Brian Jacques books. <laughs> comic books because i didn't know there was a comic book store across the street i was little which stupid <laughs> which <idiot>. stupid little kid okay <laughs> um, so we're, we're like four minutes into the movie at this oh, point okay <laughs> so she's closing up shop and um she's like she you know she typical horror movie stuff she like hear something and she's like yeah Brian, she hears a book fall, and it's again, it's an R.L. Stein book, right? Because apparently those are the only books in the store. Um, and uh, so she's like kind of freaked out because of the noises she's hearing, and then all of a sudden, she is she get attacked? Yeah, like from behind or something. Yeah. Okay. So yes. So someone attacks her from behind. Or no, he runs up and. St- he tries to stick her from the front, but she's holding a book, and the book like saves her. Right. Okay. Yeah. But so, it's a guy in a cloak, skull mask, pretty cool skull mask. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with a with a knife. Uh, and the cloak's got like bones on it, like right. a, a skeleton. Yeah. It's yeah. It's almost like a like uh, that guy who comes to a Halloween party just to get drunk. Jensen. <laughs> kind of like one of those shirts that's like this is my halloween costume <laughs> um anyway so yeah he he lunges at her tries to stab her she's got one of the books in front of her um so she so there's a chase scene through the mall but i mean you know where it's going he catches up to her yep and just like b- brutally stabs her to death yep Many times. Yeah, like stabs her between the shoulder blades and she falls down and he like rolls over and then he just like blah, 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 in the chest multiple times. And in her death throes, she manages to pull the mask off and it's Ryan. It's Ryan. I mean, which you probably knew already. You could guess. Yeah. And it's it, a lot of that was given away by the fact that like when he's walking away from her earlier, he kind of turns around. He's got this weird look on his face. And I don't know if it was part of like like, if it was intentional, but, like, this fly landed on his face, and he didn't react. Well, he turns around, because, like, you hear this, like, and he's like, what'd you say? And, like, turns around. That's true. <clears throat> but it's like, who else would it have been? But in comes Officer Good, or Deputy Good, Sheriff Sheriff. Good. And he's like, blap, blap, blap. 
<laughs> yeah, he busts the cap in Ryan's ass. Actually, he puts one right through his forehead. Yep. Uh, which is pretty good, considering how far away he was. Um, I guess that's one of the kill him sheriff good. <laughs> anyway. Because um, he's good at what he does. Oh! So, um, yeah, so now, you know, this is a huge tragedy for the town of Shadyside. Uh, and we get this kind of montage. Yeah, a montage opening credits that kind of explains that Shadyside is a uh, a bad place to be. Yeah. Has a history of just people going crazy. Yeah. Or, yeah, people, there, yeah, there's a long, it becomes the murder capital of the United States. That's what they call it. They do call it that. <laughs> um, on account of all the murders. Meanwhile, Sunnyvale, which is like right across the street, right across Fear Street. Uh, no, is it really? No, I, don't, I don't think so. No. There is a Fear Street in, in the movie, yeah. in the third movie. Um, yeah, Sunnyvale is, originally they were one town and they got split up. And Sunnyvale is like literally the safest place in the country. Like nothing ever happens there. It's Yeah, it's the right side of the tracks. Mm. If you would. Yeah, like if that old, will. old saying goes. Yeah, you've heard it. You've heard sayings. I've seen movies. <laughs> um, yeah, so after that, um, you know, everybody kind of, like all these high schoolers find out that these two people that they know very well uh, were just killed in the mall. One killing the other, and then the other, that one being killed by the by the law. Um, and uh, so they have a vigil. Um, Mayor Good, Sheriff Good's brother, um calls for this uni- unifying vigil. Is that right? The right mm-hmm. term? Yep. Candlelit vigil. Is it? Virgil. Yeah, I guess vigil. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like at the homecoming game, um, they he calls the two towns together, not you know, the two classes together um, to just kind of mourn the loss and, you know, say this, you know, terrible thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, within the crowd, we have Dina, who is a resident of Shadyside, um, who is dealing with a breakup with her ex, Sam. Um, they play it very coy until later on when you find out Sam is a lady. So yeah, they like... They're, they're in lesbians with each they, other. They, <laughs> That's a Scott Pilgrim joke. I wasn't being insensitive. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah, they play it off as because I they clearly picked an androgynous name for a reason. Yeah. Because they, they play it off as just like you just see her like writing a note and it's just like, Dear Sam, I hate you. Dear Sam, fuck you. Yeah. Dear Sam, I hope you die. And then like she looks over and sees this couple and the guy's like grabbing her ass. So you just assume that Sam is the guy. Yeah. And then yeah, it's it's revealed that Sam is is the girl. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dina is like a kind of um, anti-social person, uh, band geek, uh, and Sam is a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So, and Sam was f- is originally from Shadyside, but when her parents split up, she moved to Sunnyvale with her mom, um, and that resulted in them breaking up. And Sam's like, I literally live half an hour away. She's like you, may, and then uh, Dina's like you may as well may as well be the moon. Yeah, it's like, kid, I had a girlfriend who lived in lived in another state. <laughs> don't fucking talk to me about distance. I don't think it was so much distance. It's just like the 
uh, polarizing nature of Sunnyvale versus Shady Side. Could be. Um, it was like being from Enumclaw and having a girlfriend who went to White River. Just didn't didn't go. You know, you had to clash. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't understand. The only thing I don't understand is that uh, Enumclaw and White River were one school and they split off and they were like, we were like, all right, well, we're going to keep being the Hornets. And we're, the White River was like, yeah, we're also going to keep being the Hornets. And we're like, we can't do that. Like, that's how are we going to have be rivals and have the same name? That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> that's idiotic. Um, yeah, and so among all this, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Shady Side being just like the scene of all these grotesque murders over, all over the years and just this bad luck. Just home to just shitty people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a lot of people who live in Shadyside, namely teenagers, believe it's the result of, uh, of a centuries old curse from, uh, a witch named Sarah Fear, um, back in the town's inception, um, in, uh, the, the mid 1600s. <clears throat> um, but, 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 Yeah, so they're um, driving back from from this vigil or the homecoming game or whatever it was, um, and uh, a big brawl broke out at the vigil. That's right. Yeah, between like, the two football teams. Yeah, and Sam's new boyfriend, Peter. Uh, Peter, he's like a total fucking Chad and just a total asshole. Start. He's like stirring shit up for like no reason. <laughs> Yeah, he's literally just like, you know, what would you expect from shady sides? More like shitty side. <laughs> he's like, fuck. Good sh- one, Peter. <laughs> Got him. And he just like shits on shady side, probably because his parents told him to or something. Yeah. All that, I mean, it's, you know, that high school superiority complex of my high school is better than your high school. See, I never had, like, I didn't have that at least. Oh, your high school must have been real shitty then. <laughs> I think, like, I don't know, because we were we were like the city high school. Our high school is like named after the city, so like that just kind of inherently becomes like the popular school, I guess. But when I mean, we have this other high school across town, and it's like I guess technically they were like our rivals or you know, our city rivals, um, but I never really felt like that that rival retention, you know? Yeah, I think it's really trumped up and. Dramatized. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Or dramatized, that's the word. Um, anyway. So, yeah, they're driving home um, after this big fight. Dude, this scene was so dumb. <laughs> they're, they're on the bus headed back. And um, uh, what was her name? The friend, the cheerleader girl. Oh, Kate? Kate, yeah. Kate's like giving the speech. And she's like, what are we going to do? We got to kill him. When are we going to do it? Whenever it's convenient for you. I don't know. It's just so dumb. And it's like, so like no high school would ever be like that. Which is like this cheerleader being like, we got to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And then we tattoo him. Yeah. (laughs) I say we let him go. (laughs) No. Uh Uh, yeah, there's such a random assortment of people on this fucking bus. It's not like all band or all football team 
or you know, kids going to the game. It's like a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's like some football players, which doesn't make sense because all the football players would go on the bus together. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like some cheerleaders, some band members. Um, Their friend, uh, Simon, is the mascot. So he's all like, got green paint on his face because they're the shady side witches. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Which, you know, good way to get rid of a stigma is just name your school after it. When I When I played football in school, like we all went to the game together on the bus. And on the way to the game, we sat in silence. We didn't talk because our heads were supposed to be like focusing on the game. You know, on the way back, yeah, we could fuck around, but it was like nobody else was allowed on the bus. It was just the team. Yeah. And we all rode together. Like nobody was allowed to come separately. Exactly. So, yeah, the whole concept of this mishmash of people on the bus was nonsense. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're, they're driving home, and yeah, the, this fucking cheerleader is reading this leading this revolt against uh, Sunnyvale. Um, and uh, did we get up when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and Dina's on the bus, even though she has nothing to do with anything. She's, she quit band. So she's not even in band anymore. She's just on the bus for some reason. Well, she was in her band uniform. So I, uh, I thought that was later. Oh no, I guess you're right. Yeah. So I, maybe she didn't officially quit. Maybe yeah. she quit in her mind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're on the bus, and up from up behind them comes this car, just like speeding up and getting up like right up on their ass. And you see into the car, and you realize it's Peter and his dickhead friend and Sam sitting in the passenger seat. Um, and they're both wearing the same skull mask that Ryan was wearing when he killed Heather. Um, and so Dina's like, "Oh fuck this." Opens up the emergency exit in the back of the bus, grabs her Gatorade cooler, and I think like I don't know something happens. She gets jostled somehow, and she got a nosebleed. That's right, yeah. And so she got distracted. She was just gonna toss the the water Gatorade or whatever it was onto the car, but instead she threw the whole cooler, which caused the car to veer off the road. Um, and uh, so they stop the bus, and she goes and checks on Sam. Um, of course, the cops come. Um, and, uh, something, something happened here. Did they find, this is where they found the body where they, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they, this, this whole area where they, where the car veers off the road is covered in this red moss. Um, and it's weird. Never seen red moss before. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe it's a normal thing there. Maybe they just come to expect it. Um, but yeah, they do. They find a chain mm-hmm. underneath, like they just bar- barely underneath this moss. Pull the chain. Sam like gets out of the car, you know, and she's like, you know, her head's all fucked up and stuff. So she's like crawling, and yeah, so she finds she finds this yeah. chain. And does her nose start bleeding then, or is it after they find the body? I don't, it might have already been bleeding from the accident. I'm not sure. Okay. So it, she, is it her that finds this chain and pulls it? Yeah. Um, and attached is this corpse, which, you know, just we'll jump ahead of here a little bit. It's the body of Sarah Fear, this witch who was executed in the 1600s. Uh, and, you know, unless you're accounting for some kind of weird erosion out in the middle of nowhere, uh, that body would be much deeper than that. It wouldn't just barely be under the surface. I mean, skipping ahead, it was buried by children. 
Sure. But either she would have been unearthed long ago. That would have probably been likely, yeah. yeah. Or she would have been more buried. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. It's not quite nitpicky because I think it's important. There are some logic holes in this movie, yes. in these, these movies that I was going to get to later. Yeah. I still will. Okay. Doesn't make sense to talk about them now, but... Yeah, and yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that where it's like, it's like it. It seems like it's a bit like you're making a mountain out of a molehill, but when you add them all together, it's just like these are just like lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what happens? She she bleeds on bleeds it. on the body, and she starts getting all these visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these visions are explained later. Um, at this point in time, they're just kind of nonsense. Um, but, uh, they lie to the cops, which was kind of weird. Cause like Peter is just like, you know, Oh, it, it's, it was an accident. Like he could have thrown Dina under the bus and like gotten her in some serious trouble, but he just kind of doesn't. And I don't really understand why. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, other than, well, I guess by explaining why he veered off the road, he'd be incriminating himself. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, anyway, so they take, uh, um, Sam to the hospital and she's, you know, Dina's there just kind of keeping, keeping watch over, her, um, and or she, she comes and she's talking to Sam and then Peter comes in and just, you know, well, I mean, you're skipping a part. Am I? Yeah. Um, someone in the, the skull getup breaks into Dina's house. Uh, I guess I don't remember that. Yeah, and he was just kind of like rifling through their shit. And uh, and they, they think it's Peter. I guess I... So that, that, that's why Dina goes to the hospital because she goes to tell Sam, hey, your boyfriend is is stalking us and being a dick. Oh. And he's like, you know, trying to mimic this killer and being a, just an asshole about it. Okay. I mean, it, truth be told, you know, all cards on the table, I was trying to manage a baby while watching these. So I may have missed some little parts okay. like that. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Good looking out. So yeah, so she goes to the hospital and tells Sam, you know, tell your boyfriend to back the fuck off. And then Peter walks in. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like, well, how can it be him if he's there? Right. And she, but she still is just like, Hey, you know, leave us the fuck alone and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, stabby, stabby <laughs> skull man comes through the, the curtain or whatever behind him and just like stabs him through the back, through his right. belly. Um, and I guess we're, we're leaving out, um, Dina's brother. Um, Oh yeah. Josh, Josh, uh, who is apparently a rapper. What? His rapper name is Little P Nut. P hyphen Nut. Like the letter P hyphen Nut. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a cool kid. Super into video games. And AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, spends a lot of time on AIM. Listening. Like, so the soundtracks in this movie, or these movies, um, are a little over the top. Especially the first one. Yeah. 
Um, Especially but, the first like half hour. They're just like, how many songs can we fit in a half hour? But I do have to say it's pretty eclectic. Yeah. Um, and something like Iron Maiden, one of my favorite bands in the world. Uh, I feel like in in, me- in the media have not gotten a lot and have gotten a lot of attention. I mean, like metalheads and you know the metal community. You know, they're like the forefathers of of the genre. But, like, you know, they didn't get playtime on, like, MTV in the 80s or anything like that. Sure. Um, and you don't hear Iron Maiden songs except for, like, Number of the Beast or something in, in a lot of movies. But, th- like, when, we're first, when we first see Josh, he's sitting on the computer and he's listening to Fear of the Dark. It's like, and he's wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. Right. It's like, that's cool. It's, it's like, I feel like people know Iron Maiden's logo because you, you see a lot of Iron Maiden shirts. But you don't hear a lot of Iron Maiden music. Yeah, that's. It's just I could I try to like not let it bother me, but it's just like being that one of the, they're one of my favorite bands. It like irritates me when you see people wearing their shirts and you know they don't listen to them. Yeah, it's like I don't want to be a gatekeeper like that, but it's still just annoying. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't think he was really important to the story at this point in time i just wanted to mention him yeah because we had because he's around yeah um yeah so okay so yeah they're in the hospital and they're being chased by this killer um who you know is wearing the same thing as ryan but ryan's dead right or is he Mm. (laughs) um and uh i think simon and kate meet them at the hospital, and they, they take off in an ambulance, and they go back to Dina's house, right? Am I, am I on the right track here? Uh, they steal the ambulance, and they go to the police. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> I thought I remembered this better. Um... Um, yeah, at one point at the at, hospital, okay, they, right. she she pulls the mask off and she recognizes that it is Ryan. Yeah, but he's clearly dead. I mean, yeah, like, he's got the bullet hole still, and he's like his skin is all like sallow and stuff. Yeah, he's yeah pale as death, and he's his his eyes are all clouded over, so he's clearly dead. So apparently, being shot in the head didn't stop him. Um, you're right. Okay, so yeah, they do go to the police, and they're trying to say you know what what's happening, and I think Sam's dad is a cop. Did I get that? Because I swear I heard her say dad. And then Dina's like, you're supposed to be protecting her. I don't remember that. Man. <laughs> we are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Dina steals his gun. Like When she's throwing her fit, she kind of uses it as a, as a distraction to kind of pickpocket him and yeah. steal his gun, which is something... I would advise strongly against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Should not mm-hmm. try to steal an officer's gun. Especially, uh, I mean, frankly, it's in Dina's case, when she is black. Right. That would be especially bad for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, Simon, like, I, I guess, was this... This was when they were at the um, police department. Simon kind of wanders off and goes to take a piss. And he gets confronted by this this girl, yeah, who's got a straight razor and tries to slash him, 
and he's like eventually kicks her off and runs away. Yeah, and she's clearly got something wrong with her. Yeah, because I mean her her arms are all cut up, so she clearly slit her own wrists. Mm-hmm. I think her face is all cut up too, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's on top of Simon, and yeah, Dina comes out with her newly acquired gun and blap blap blap. You know what? I consider myself to be have a pretty good aim, just in general. Like I'm pretty good at like throwing things, like bow and arrow. I've always been very good. Um, something I just could not, and I've only done it once, but something I could just not quite get the hang of was shooting a gun. I could do it, but my aim was terrible. Um, so the fact that she could shoot that girl from a good, like 20 yards away, <laughs> square in the middle of the forehead. She got in the forehead. I thought she got her in the chest. Twice. Oh, maybe. But even center mass from that distance, especially when, unless she's a gun expert and they don't explain that. Yeah. Anyway, so they that's when they leave, and they all go to Dina's house, right? I believe they go to Simon's house. Simon's? I thought it was Dina's. Well, it says they go back to their house. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So do they all live together? I don't know. Yeah, no, no. It's got to be Dina and Josh's house, because while they're just kind of ruminating on what's just happened... Josh is like making connections because he's been obsessed with this idea of the of the fear witch mm-hmm. of Sarah Fear, um, and he's making all these connections. Um, and when Simon's telling him about this girl who just attacked him, the fact that she was all cut up, she was singing this certain like fifties era song, um, something you know, a light bulb lights up over josh's head um and he starts pulling things off of his crazy person wall right um, and he's carol <laughs> Pepe Silvia. Pepe Silvia. <laughs> um and yeah he's making a connection that these are all people who have been killed or who were um serial killers mm-hmm. in the, in in the history of side um So, so they they go back to the the grave where they unearthed um, the witch, and they they you know kind of bury her. They wrap her up in Peter's Letterman jacket and try to give her like a more proper burial. And they're like, "There you go, you're at peace now. Yeah. Please leave us alone." Uh, that doesn't work. It's like a Evil Dead remake when what's his face is like, "You're at peace now. You're you're dead. So <laughs> everything's better." It's like, what? <laughs> he actually tells her. She's at peace. What? You can't just tell somebody that they're at peace. Um, but yeah, they kind of they re- kind of come to the conclusion that these killers are all, you know, for lack of a better word, possessed by the witch, right? And uh, they also come to the conclusion that the killers are specifically after Sam because she's the one that bled on the bones, right? And so, but Simon says, you know, why did the, the girl come after me, but it's because he, his shirt had Sam's blood all over it. Right. Um, then I think, I don't know if it's necessarily right at this point, but it's sometime in this segment, we see this cave with this, you know, eternal flame burning, uh, and this sigil carved into the stone. Um, and on the wall, we see this list of names, of people who we've just been familiarized with 
thanks to Josh. And now we see Sam's name etched into the stone. Mm-hmm. So while they think, you know, you're back at, at uh, Dina and Josh's house, while they think they're kind of laying low and, you know, figuring out what they're going to do next, um, Dina and Sam are kind of making amends. Um, let's see. Josh finds the contact information for somebody who survived this last round of murders at Camp Nightwing in the 70s. Um, and so while Dean is trying to call her, she turns around and sees Sam standing in front of her. And then this just look of awe, and she, you know, shock and awe like comes over her face. You skipped a lot. Did I? You skipped everything at the school. Was that before this? Yeah. Like, that's the very end of the movie, dude. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm all over the place. <sighs> okay. Yeah, when they realize that they're after Sam, they make this trap with Sam's blood where they, like, put her blood in a bucket and just, like, paint the school with it so Why that the killers I... all follow the blood and they, like, trap them in the bathroom and blow up the bathroom. Yeah. But the killers just reanimate. Yeah. They, like, it's it's almost like a video game. They just, this like, is right after respawn. Sam and Dina go fuck. <laughs> in the kitchen and then Josh and Kate apparently get to first base in the bathroom right and I was like these are children I shouldn't be watching this <laughs> well I mean none of them are actually children yeah I saw the girl who plays Dina is 28 <laughs> is like, she really yeah wow and she's supposed to be a, like a 16 or 17 year old <laughs> I know um fuck what's her name from Stranger Things who's in the second one uh Sadie Sink yeah um she's like 19 yeah it's it it's weird watching child actors grow up yeah i know because <laughs> i still have them in my head as, as children yeah um, um but yeah they they noticed that there was this woman previously who had survived and so they realized that it's it's possible for them to survive this and uh but they noticed that she died and was brought back so again similar to the evil dead remake they had the same idea where they have to kill her and then bring her back. Right. So they like load her up with drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- Kate and Simon are dealers. Like Simon works at this grocery store that has a pharmacy in it. Uh, and so he has, for some reason, access to these pharmaceuticals, <laughs> which, you know, I think in reality, I don't know for sure. I'm not a pharmacist, but I would think that in a small pharmacy like that, that like the narcotics and the opioids and stuff would be in a lockup that like maybe only the pharmacist would have access to. Yeah, or like to. a time delay save. Yeah. Um, so, you know, shit like this doesn't happen. Right. But yeah, basically they're apparently chemists and they can, they come up with this drug cocktail. Well, his brother OD'd. So he knew exactly what his brother took. And so they just recreated that. Okay, I guess I missed that. Yeah, his brother OD'd and was brought back. He was dead for, I think they said, three minutes or something. So, oh, okay. so the plan was they were going to recreate what happened to his brother okay, with I guess Sam. I, didn't ma- I, I remember that. I guess I didn't make the connection. They were trying to recreate that. Yeah. Because I, I, like, Simon and Kate start laying out this, this three-point plan. It's like, okay, you take these pills first, then you wait five minutes, then you take these pills. Um, and... Uh, was it the plan? Because I think I missed the last part. Was it the plan to to, to drown her? No. Okay. Um, 
yeah, uh, Skullface shows up, and so they get distracted, and like the pills go get scattered everywhere, and so Sam is like drugged up, right. but not dead. So yeah, they come up with this last minute plan and like she looks at the lobster tank and i was like is she allergic to shellfish is that the plan i didn't it didn't register in my head that she was gonna drown her yeah so yeah i mean hell's breaking out in this grocery store uh i mean everybody's trying to get away from um actually there are two killers in there now there's skull face and ruby lane and is ruby there yeah okay well then also oh yeah all three of them were there yeah yeah the 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 nightwing killer is that okay i couldn't remember if they were had a name for him um because we know who he is but um i don't think they've said it at this point but later they call him nightwing okay so yeah there are three killers in the in the store chasing the kids around um dina and sam are trying to you know lay low and come up with a last minute plan um and meanwhile josh and sam are trying to run away um from the nightwing killer and um, Kate is being chased down by Skullface. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually gets her. Oh, yeah, does he ever? In, in that the was ba- the best kill in the whole series. Yeah. Uh, like, she's like being very uh, resourceful using things in the bakery to protect herself, you know, like a metal cupcake tin to block a knife and this and that. But it doesn't matter because Skullface eventually just like gets the upper hand, lays her down on this table and starts pushing her through the bread slicer. Now, the bread slicer is about 16 band saws all in a row. Dude, I was like, I was like, she's going to get up or something. Like, there's no way. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, that happened. <laughs> that So, my wife was watching these and I was busy doing something else. So, I wasn't, I wasn't actually paying attention and I knew that we, because we already had this episode scheduled, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to rewatch them in a few weeks anyway, so whatever. And so I wasn't paying attention, but that caught my eye when it happened. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so yeah, it's probably totally unrealistic. Like, I doubt the motor in that bread slicer was strong enough to actually slice through Did a human skull. shred a skull like that? But still, it doesn't matter. There's just some, like I said, there there are some things that are just unbelievable in these movies, but some things are just like, whatever, I'm going to roll with it. I mean, in slasher movies, like, we always want creative kills, so it's like, even if it's unrealistic, you're like, all right, it was creative, so yeah, I'll, gotta, let, I'll let it go. You got to have, like, a suspension of disbelief in order to enjoy yourself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so Dina shoves Sam's head in the lobster tank until she drowns, and then she just st- starts stabbing her with EpiPens, and I was like, this was your plan? Yeah. Because Simon is just like, it's adrenaline. It'll wake her up. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Is epinephrine adrenaline? That's what he said. I don't think it is, but yeah. He also called it adrenaline. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it doesn't work. So she has to give her CPR yeah, badly. She, right. Um, <laughs> that was the when they were like, they came up, they hatched this plan and I'm like, do any of them know CPR? Yeah. It's funny, uh, she wasn't doing mouth-to-mouth. Which was she weird. did it once. Did she? Yeah, and then she just did chest compressions. Right. But she didn't, like, tilt her head back or do anything right. She just, like, blew in her face. Yeah, well, I mean, like, nowadays, they tell you not to do mouth-to-mouth. Oh, really? Yeah, because the time you waste doing mouth-to-mouth, is like, is that's the time you're not doing chest compressions. Mm. 
So, I mean, I guess in theory, if you had two people, you could do, which they did, but like Josh was there. Yeah. But anyway, back in the 90s, that was still part of it. So yeah. There's just like, it, it's funny watching these movies, and I'm kind of jumping ahead to, well, this is supposed to be a review, so I can do this. <laughs> it, it, you know, watching these movies, and I, I briefly talked to my dad about it. This one took place in the 90s when I was a kid. The second one took place in the 70s when my dad was a kid. And I hadn't watched these yet when, when he was talking to me about it, but he, he was telling me that the 70s one didn't quite capture the feel of the 70s. It's like, yeah, it had a 70s soundtrack. And, you know, you had kids wearing short shorts and, you know, and this and that. Um, but it didn't feel like the 70s. Yeah, I could see that. I felt the same way with this one. Yeah. It didn't feel like the 90s. No, they all felt like they were from the 2020s. Yeah, it's like the kids didn't. I mean, they dressed right, I guess. And the soundtrack was was more or less right um, to, to kind of define the era. Um, but the kids, like, and I, as much as I loved being part of They Reach, I love what we did. Watching it as a viewer, it's just like it didn't, I feel like a lot of the cast wasn't really getting the 70s vibe. Um, and I felt like there's the same issue with this one, is that, like, these kids who either weren't born in the 90s or weren't old enough to remember the 90s, they just didn't quite have that feel. They didn't talk right. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, I guess that's my overall feeling of, of at least this the, the 90s one, the 94 one. And my dad for context, had the same feeling about the 70s one. So I can tell you as someone who lived through the 1660s, part three also did not have that feel. <laughs> um, I mean, what? Who said I've been alive forever? <laughs> Which? Um, but no, okay. they do eventually bring her back and then you kind of get the you, what you think is a happy ending. And this is the part you were talking about earlier where um, you see Sam's name get etched in the wall. Right. And then she becomes possessed and tries to kill uh, Dina. But yeah. they, they tie her up and then they call Britta. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of foreshadowing because they're like lying together in Dina's bed and they're like panning across her room. For some reason, she has this broken drumstick sitting on her VCR. Oh, is that what that was? was? I was like, why does she have a steak? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that's what ultimately what Stam stabs her in the stomach with. And I want to say that uh, for the rest of this movie and for the uh, time that she was on screen in the subsequent movies, uh, it's like it never happened. If I had a wound yeah. in my side that possibly would have gone through like my pancreas, I feel like I might be in a little more agony. Yeah, she still kind of runs around and does everything like normal. You never really even see her like holding her side or there's no mention of it ever again. No, and she's not like bleeding profusely or anything. No. Um, I mean, I know if you get stabbed in the pancreas, it's like a slow death, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so she wrestles Sam to the ground and wraps her up with a phone cord, which is unlikely, but. Yeah, those things are elastic. There's no way you can be able to s suppress somebody with that. Well, it's, it, you know, you see her wrapped up on the ground, practically hogtied, 
and you could still see the the, the coil yeah. in, in the phone line. Which means she could easily just yeah, it's expand like, it and pull out. Yeah, unless that is a straight line, it's not on tight enough. Right. Yep. Um, granted, phone lines are very hard to break. Um, but yeah, she, they get a call from uh, the woman who they tried to call earlier, the, the one who survived before. C. Berman. C. Berman, yeah. And they, but they, didn't, they couldn't get an answer before. But then after, um, after she hogties Sam, the phone rings and it's her and she's just like, we got a problem. Right. She's like, it'll never end. Yeah, you, you can't stop the witch. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where this one ends. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, on to the next one. So the, this, the next one picks up uh, basically I mean, exa- exactly where this one left off, or the first one left off. Um, they're still dealing with Sam. Uh, so they go to C. Berman's house, like Taylor said, played by uh, Gillian Jacobs mm-hmm. um, from Community Fame. Um, or Choke. Or Choke. Sure. She shows her boobies. <laughs> I did like you ever, your take on boobies. Did you ever notice the very subtle Choke reference in Community? No. Um, it was the one where Jeff and Chang were like hanging out. Do you remember that? No, I think I think they were hanging out to like try it because Jeff was trying to get out of a test or something. But they well, they were like going to strip clubs and stuff. Okay. And it was like the night after they had gone to a strip club and they were walking out of class and they were like Cherry Daiquiri, which was her <laughs> character's name and joke. <laughs> I never caught that. Um. Yeah, so they go to this C. Berman's house, um, and uh, with Sam in the trunk. With Sam in the trunk. Um. And um, they sneak into the house, which seems like a very bad idea because this Berman woman uh, seems like she's very paranoid about something. She's got like about six locks on her on her door. She's also got like 30 clocks. Yeah. Which was never explained. Yeah, just shelves full of alarm clocks all set to the exact same time. Um, But like she has different alarms set for everything. Like and she has like little... um, uh, fuck, what was, what are those machines called? It's the adhesive tape that you, you emboss letters into. A label maker? I mean, yeah, there's, there's a specific name for it, but I can't oh, think I don't what it is. Um, anyway, so she, yeah, there's just labels on these shelves for what each clock is for. And you kind of see, like, she's got, like, some OCD thing going mm-hmm. on. I mean, obviously, but, like, an alarm goes off and she has to, um you know, check the locks on her door and she like just goes through and make sure all the locks are locked. And she has another alarm for feeding her dog. And I think there's like one or two other ones. I can't remember, but yeah, she's just clearly a little off a rocker. Oh yeah. Um, so we don't really know why she's so crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, I, other than like knowing that she went through some traumatic thing at right. this Camp Nightwing in 1978, I don't really know why she's so messed up. Um, <clears throat> and they show her, Sarah, or sorry, Sam, um, and they're like, she's just like, oh, you have to go. You know, you can't be here. Blah blah blah. And she's like, no, you have to help us. And, you know that whole back and forth thing. 
And then she starts to launch into her story. She opens this notebook um, and she says, you know, uh, back in 1978, uh, I was at Camp Nightwing. And she throws down this Polaroid. These two girls standing in front of the sign for Camp Nightwing. So this was the first day of camp in 1978. A week later, my sister was dead. And then that's when we, you know, do the... Right. We go into the picture. Right. Uh, We are magically whisked away to 1978 Camp Nightwing in some unnamed state. Um, This is all filmed in Georgia, apparently. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, I think we open up right away to some girl just like running through the woods. It's Sadie Sink. Mm, Mad Max. Yep. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, as fast as you can run through the woods. She's just like full bore. Um, and you hear somebody in the background saying, you know, get her, get her, blah, 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 blah. rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> and she runs out of this open. <laughs> Is that what you meant to do? <laughs> Wait, what? You went rabble, rabble. I don't know. I don't know what I did. I think you meant to do like this, but it kind of came off like this. Oh, yeah, I was probably doing the jack off motion. <laughs> rabble, rabble. That's uh-huh. what I yell when I jerk off. That's what I yell when I come. <laughs> oh, rabble! <laughs> I saw like the worst and funniest meme yesterday. And it said, uh, "Having a child is just keeping cum as a pet." <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I hate everything about this, but fuck is that funny. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, I, I think she she's like trying to, you know, see where her pursuers are coming from, and she turns around and just gets decked right in the face. Um I think she comes to uh, does she get knocked out? I can't remember. I don't remember. Either way, next we see her. She's being dragged by, uh, you know, a guy about a foot taller than her, being dragged towards this big ass tree, um, and uh, so yeah, and just there's there's. One there's one guy and three girls, uh, one of which is uh, Eden Gamble. It's Cheddar, yeah, little Cheds. That's what we called her. That's what we called her. Uh, uh, yeah, Cheddar from um, or sorry, Eden Campbell from from They Reach. Um, and a girl who looks like she could be her twin sister, and another girl who looks like she could also be their sister. <laughs> yeah, her their slightly older sister. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just a- accusing. Uh, this girl, um, Ziggy. Uh, yeah, her name is Ziggy. I don't know that we'd actually been introduced to her. Like, I don't think anybody had said her name yet, had they? I don't recall. Doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so they're just accusing her of, of theft. And but you couldn't call me Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> just accusing her of theft and being a piece of shit. Um, and uh, and being a witch. And being a witch, because yeah, because that was still a thing in the seventies. Sure, yeah. So they drag her over to this tree and they string her up, like they put, they tie her up her wrists and string her up, uh, up to the tree, 
Um, and uh, the 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 dude, the, well, like the 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 main girl, Sheila. Sheila was that her name? Yeah. Oh, oh, Sheila. <laughs> yeah, you know. Let me love you till the morning comes. Yeah, you know, she's 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 the Sheila, <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, she's just like, you know, taking it too far. And eventually the other two girls are like, uh, what? <laughs> and she's like, uh, she takes out this lighter and she's just going to burn her. She's going to burn her arm. Burn for a burn. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> um, She pulls... She reaches into Ziggy's pocket and pulls out this money. He's like, okay, here it is. That's what you stole. And then she burns her. Because naturally, that's Because burn for a burn. <laughs> and that's when uh, two more counselors come running out into this clearing, you know, telling, blowing their whistles, saying stop. Uh, they basically, you know, say, hey, we have to, you know, stop this. And one of them who is kind of on Ziggy's side, seems like it's, you know, like, how are we going to explain this to her parents if, you know, if we kick her out? and or I'm, I'm trying not to get too wrapped up in the in the finer details so we can actually get through this. Um, yeah, so Ziggy, she's, she's a, a shady cider, um, and this other guy, Nick Good, uh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah. You remember the name. Um, she, uh, he's from Sunnyvale. Um, and so that's kind of like the thing about Camp Nightwing. It's for kids from Sunny Sunnyvale and Shadyside uh, to kind of come together and butt heads for, like, why would you put two rival, <laughs> two rival gangs in the same room together? It's fucking ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, if you've, been to camp or summer or you know a summer camp of any kind you kind of recognize how this goes uh if you've seen like wet hot american summer or something or you know any of the friday the 13th movies it's just summer camp yeah this camp definitely has a very kind of wet hot american summer feel to it yeah um anyway so yeah we're just kind of introduces this cast you know People from Sunnyvale and Shady Side, and you know they're they're all kind of butting heads, but they share the same space together, which is like bad idea. Um, well, then they have a color war too. Yeah, it's like, isn't that like why would you? You're just would, encouraging like separation. Yeah, and- it's like you know as much as like school uniforms are restrictive and oppressive. Uh, at the same time, they like help. Like, get rid of like all the the classism that goes on because of like different clothing and stuff like that, and it kind of makes everybody the same. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so there's Ziggy and her her older sister Christy, Cindy, Cindy. Um, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, and Cindy's. Like a real, <laughs> she's just a real hard ass. She's a real stickler for rules. She's very concerned about her future and getting into college, and this and that. 
Um, we also meet her, her boyfriend, Tommy, uh, who's just to look at him. You think he'd be like the stoner dickhead, you know, guy, but he's actually like a nice guy. And like, he's really like, a, like a good counselor. He's really good with the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's a very supportive boyfriend. So like, despite how he looks, he's like the exact opposite of that. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, uh, Ziggy and Cindy are uh, really butt heads. They clearly have very different uh, personalities. Um, you know, Ziggy's kind of like the social outcast. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't want to do what people tell her, this and that. And you know, Cindy's the 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 rule follower. That's that, that kind of dynamic, uh, which plays out throughout the movie. <clears throat> um. Uh, you know, we have a lot of supporting characters along the way. We meet uh, Nurse uh, Nurse Lane, um, who we make a connection from the reference in the first movie, Ruby Lane. Mm-hmm. This is her mother, mm-hmm. which is weird because Ruby looks like she's from like the 50s, 60s maybe. And this is in the late 70s. And... Nurse Lane looks like she's maybe like in her 40s. Right. <laughs> or possibly 50s. So I don't understand. But it's her mom. Um, and it, aside from her like being accused of being like crazy, um, there's not really a lot of reference to that. I feel like they said Ruby Lane was in the 60s. Did it? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I'm just kind of going off of the song that she was singing. Well, yeah. They, they do mention the song being from the 50s. Right, but I think they said it was in this. This she was in the sixties. Anyway, um, let's see. Um, yeah, Ruby was a teenager in the nineteen sixties. Okay, so yeah, there's there's clearly something wrong with Nurse Lane. Um, she's just kind of out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, Ziggy goes to her for care of her, of her burn and, you know, she's like repeating herself and she seems really out of it. And when she's wrapping her arm in gauze, she's like doing it really tight and kind of mindlessly, um, and just ignoring Ziggy saying, oh, it's too tight. It's too tight. Um, then we jump ahead and when, well, Ziggy also found her, her diary or whatever that was, uh. Like super creepy and weird. Right. Yeah. A bunch of mention like I think it's like talking about the witch. Um and like there's this map with like a bunch of hand scrawled notes all over it that looks like something a crazy person would have written. Um so we jump ahead a little bit and uh Tommy and Cindy are in what looks like the mess hall, I guess. Um and Nurse Lane just kind of shows up out of nowhere. And then, and, and Tommy's kind of like, you know, what's up? <laughs> Can we help you? And that's when she pulls out the knife and charges after Tommy. Knocks him down. He whacks the back of his head on something. The bench, I think. Um, and uh, he eventually fights her off. Um, and she gets taken away. She tells him, she says, one way or another, you're going to die tonight. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, 
Um, what's important? What's important? Well, there's Al- away, Al- Alice and Arnie are like the the you know the camp's cool counselors slash you know bad boy and girl. They do the drugs. They do drugs and have sex. Yeah. So you know, with their shirts on, <laughs> get completely clothed. <laughs> Like, I don't think he even had his pants undone. And she was still wearing her shorts. I don't know how that works. <laughs> was she? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You know, guys, they can just unzip and pull it out. Girls, it's a little more involved. You, yeah, I mean, you, you can pull have... it to the side, but... Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> uh, unless you got, like, a pencil dick. That's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on how loose the shorts are and how... Uh elastic they are 70s shorts oh yeah those are that's nylon rayon or something like (laughs) um yeah she like i don't know this is like the most boring sex scene even though it's supposed to be like so risque yeah because like he's holding her up and just like banging away and then uh cindy and tommy come in and they're just like oh hey what's going on well like he he, seemingly he's still inside of her yeah i mean it's like were you guys just Dry humping? Because <laughs> that's, that's like something you do in like eighth grade. Yeah, grow the fuck up. <laughs> um, Get your dick out. Give it to her. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like... Like something that irritates the fuck out of me, like in real life and in movies, is having sex with a shirt on or a bra on. But like... You don't like having sex with a bra on? <laughs> no, it chafes, you know? <laughs> But no, like sex scenes where the girl has her bra on. It's like, how often have you had sex where she still had her bra on? A few times. Okay. Well, you, you get what I mean. It's not cool. It's no. Like, you'd, you want the boobies. <laughs> but she still had her shirt on. And she still had her shorts on. So it, like, I don't understand what was happening. Yeah. Anyway, Moving on. <laughs> that was way too much conversation for that. Well, it's like, like 25 said, seconds of film time. It's like I said, you know, these little things in the movies that don't make sense and they're innocuous on their own, but they start to add up, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, the four of them go into Nurse Lane's office trying to find, you know, what made her go crazy and they find some pills and they find her diary. And they realize that the map in the diary is a map to uh, Sarah Fear's house out in the woods. Yeah, it's it's a map of the campground. a troll, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's a map of the campground. And with all the notes written on it, it says Union 1666. Right. That's when we find out that Shadyside and Sunnyvale used to be one town, one settlement called Union. Then something happened, and it split into two different towns. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, they, they do make a joke when they're like looking for her house. They're like, I thought it would be made of candy. <laughs> uh, but they go to her house, they find these two empty graves. Um, and they kind of, uh, they find this cavern underneath the house and they find the thing that we saw from the first movie with the, with the wall with all the names carved in it. Yeah. And this flame surrounded by this symbol sig- sigil carved into the stone. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden we notice Tommy's name is carved into it. Yeah. Which is really, uh, irritating for Cindy cause she thinks that Alice did it. And um, Alice is like, you think I carved your boyfriend's name into solid stone with my fingernails in like 10 seconds. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Tommy 
is off um, gallivanting around. <laughs> Actually, he's uh, like uh, supervising the color war. Yeah. Or color. Yeah, color, color war. war. Uh, what exactly the color war is, I'm not sure. I think it's just a capture the flag, basically. I think capture the flag is part of it. I think there's more to it. I think there's like several different games, and it's kind of like who can win the most games. But okay. yeah, I think capture the flag was like the first game, and they never really got into it farther than that. Okay. <laughs> On account of the deaths. Right. Um, I guess that was actually before they go to the witch's house, because when they go to the witch's house, that's when Tommy gets fully possessed, and he kills Arnie with the axe to the face. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So they're out in the color war, and he's you know, trying to be like a, like a supervisor and, you know, kind of instructing the kids on what to do, but he's like spacing out. Um, and he thinks that he's just like, he thinks it's because he's hurt his head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when they go to the nurse's shed, <laughs> the shit, <laughs> the shit. Uh, and, um, yeah, they find the vial of pills. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arnie, he's like, I, I know, cause it says, I, I think it's L4, A4 or something on it. L4, 8, 4, 8, yeah. 4. And he was, he's like, I know, I know what that means. I recognize that. I just can't remember what it is. Mm. And then like, as they're going through the witch's house, he's like, oh, it's, uh, aspartame or something. Yeah. He's, um, not aspartame. That's the shit that's in fake sugar. Idiot. Um, yeah. He's like, no, it's, it's acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, it's, it's Tylenol. Right. They were like, oh, we were trying to trip balls on Tylenol. Morons. Um, but then Tommy goes goes full possessed, kills Arnie. Yeah, um, gra- grabs a, a wood axe off the wall and just just cuts Arnie's face in half. Yep. And then he does it again. Yep. Uh, Alice and Cindy run. They crawl through a hole in the wall and like cover it with rocks. It's, but So now they're in like the witch's cave. Yeah, which is bad news. It's, bad it's news not a bears. place you want to find yourself. Yeah, and you know, uh, a, a keen eye would notice that uh, Tommy uh, is wearing what the shady side or what the uh, Nightwing Killer is wearing: yellow shirt, red flannel, no bag over his head, but you know, a sh- yeah, like I said, a sharp, a sharp eye would catch that. Yeah, I did not catch it. I mean, I, I knew that he was them, but I didn't really. Wasn't paying attention to his clothes. Sure. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, um, uh, Ziggy and Nick are kind of like bonding because Ziggy, you know, we do talk about how she's this outcast and he, and Nick kind of like comforts her and she, you know, they talk about how she's the weird girl from Shady Side. He's like, well, I kind of like the weird girl from Shady Side. <laughs> yeah. And I guess he's kind of like this golden boy from, from, uh, um, Sunny Sunnyvale. Apparently the good family is very prominent. Very well to do. Yeah. Um he's kinda like the You talk about his like I mean in the nineties his brother is mayor and it's kinda like they they have this lineage. Yeah. So yeah, like like even then in the seventies, she's talking about how, oh, Nick Good, you know, the, the prospective future sheriff, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's already he's already kind of got his his inheritance laid out for him. Yeah. Um, but like he helps her play a prank on Sheila. She was going to carry her by putting paint in a bucket and dumping it on her. And he was like, paint, that's kind of lame. Why don't you do bugs? Because girls hate bugs. Girls hate bugs. So yeah, they dropped some bugs on Sheila's head in the outhouse. Um, yeah, and then Tommy kind of shows up and starts starts killing folks. Um, this bugs me. Go on. <clears throat> so Tommy starts just indiscriminately killing people. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 
I, I, I love it. I, I, I love when a, a serial killer is just in, indiscriminately killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's not really serial killer. Just a spree killer, I guess. Yeah. Be more fitting. Um, but he is the only one. All the other killers in in the previous movie and in, in the latter half of the third movie, they all go for the person who has the marked one's blood on them. Or, the marked one. Huh? The marked one. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, this this was the big logic hole that I was going to mention. Okay. Um, I think I was going to get it into, into the third movie. But yeah, like he is killing people indiscriminately. But like there was also times when like Skull Mask killed Peter just for no reason. Right. Um, and then like in the third one, when they're in the mall, there's parts where they're just like um, the the one cop, not good, but the other cop that shows up, he gets stabbed by the milkman just for no apparent reason. And then like almost in the same breath, he just walks right past the other the kids. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's they say you know if you don't have any of the blood on you, then he'll just walk right past you and he won't even see you. But then at the same time, he's killing people indiscriminately. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's this kind of uh, pick and choose when the logic applies. Yeah. They get they really stands out in the third one. Yeah, and you know it's like it didn't even occur to me till the movie was almost over that Tommy was just indiscriminately killing people when all the other ones were specifically killing somebody with, you know, the, the special blood. Right. And at this point, like we don't know who that is because we don't ever see the witch's body in, in the second one. Right. Um, yeah. So all hell's just breaking loose at this camp. Um, although I think, I think that's actually only when they come back back when they're possessed like when they're alive but possessed they don't go they just kill anybody that's why ryan at the beginning of the first one was just killing people he was killing random people he was well they said he killed like seven people or something oh that's right was, i thought it was more than that i thought it was like 30 or 40 people or something <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm probably remembering that wrong anyway but I, I guess you're right i don't know what difference that would make but whatever yeah, I think it's only when they get resurrected when they go after the person with the blood. But again, in the third one, they they kind of pick and choose when that applies. I guess Sam does try to kill Dina for no particular reason. Yeah, just trying to kill whoever's in in their in vicinity. Way, um, yeah, like I said, all hell's breaking loose at this camp. There is not a single adult to be found. Do you notice that? Yeah. What kind of camp is this? <laughs> One where the counselors just run things, I guess. That's ridiculous. <laughs> They're high school students. They're not qualified to run a camp. Well, yeah, like Nick is a is a counselor and Ziggy is a cam- camper, and they even say they're they're one year apart. That makes zero sense. Yeah, that's like hiring a horse to watch your dog. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yeah like you know this is it's like nighttime so all this is going on uh mostly like in the darkness so all around the camp you have these campers um playing, playing capture the playing flag capture the flag you know you've got the two home bases one run by this fat kid from shady side 
uh, who's like, he's like trying to be polite. He's like, would you guys like some, some snacks? And yeah, it's supposed to be like a jail. Yeah. Uh, or, or would you like to play a game? Perhaps. And they're just like, shut the fuck up, nerd. <laughs> yeah. And then on the flip side, in the Sunnyvale jail, it's run by this fucking prick who's got a big fucking mouth. Uh, and just being a complete asshole, like like he's just getting off on it. Yeah, see, like that's. I feel like if I was in this jail and there was like, you know, three to five of my cohorts in there, I'd be like, let's just jump this guy, <laughs> let's just beat the shit out of him yeah. and leave. It's like you're gonna stop talking nasty. We're gonna beat the fuck out of you. Now. I'm gonna kick your dick in. <laughs> kick it off. Kick it off. Sure. Kick it so hard, dude. It's gonna come off. Oh my god, this is so off topic, but good. We love that. Fake doctors, real friends. They were talking about um, sex change operations. Okay, and like Zach Braff was just like, "Where, where does the penis go?" And um, uh, Joel was like, "They, they use it. They just kind of turn it inside out." And he was like, "What about the balls?" Like, well, they get rid of the balls. He's like, has anyone ever requested they keep the balls? Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just talking about someone with like a vagina with two balls hanging off it. Sure, that offended someone. <laughs> just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, fuck. <clears throat> um,. Yes, and so, uh, I mean, aside from Tommy running around killing people with an axe, now I've got um, these other killers that are popping up out of nowhere, and they all seem to be sprouting from this undulating sack (laughs) in this cave. Yeah. Um, It's like they just kind of start out as this pile of mush, and then they start growing into a person. And that's how they, we saw that when they tried to blow them up in the first one, Mm -hmm. that's how they respawn like a video game yeah um so uh cindy and alice realize that the witch's symbol is a is a map to this cave oh yeah uh so they're like trying to go through the the turlet the the (laughs) toilet there's shit on the side of the toilet um Shit on the side of the Uranus. I guess first Alice finds this undulating. Wikipedia calls it a pile of organs. It it just didn't look like that to me. It just looked like a big blob, it's a big sweaty sack. Yeah, it was it was just like pulsing and undulating. But she like touches it and she gets all these visions, mm-hmm. um, and it like freaks her out and she starts running and she ends up breaking her leg. It's I want a compound comment, fracture. I want to comment on these on these visions. <clears throat> We've seen it twice now. One with Sam in the first one, second with uh, Cindy in the second one. Alice. Alice. Um, It flashed through all these visions of all these killers, you know, doing their business. Um, And then we also see flashes of um, uh, Sarah Fear. Mm -hmm. Sarah Fear is also um, Emma. No. Emma? Dina? Dina. Wow. I can't remember names. She's not, though. Hmm? She's not. But that's what they're seeing. They're seeing Dina. 
And, you know, when you're watching this, it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, they TV shows do that all the fucking time. It's like, oh, this takes place a century ahead of time, or a century in the past, but all the people look the same. It's like, okay, whatever. So, yeah, Sarah Fear, but it's Dina. Whatever. Then we get into third movie, so I'm jumping ahead a little bit, uh, where the entire movie, well, not most of the movie, is Dina having visions of the life of Seraphir, and she is Seraphir. My question is, why is Alice and Sam, or why are Alice and Sam seeing visions of Seraphir as Dina? I don't know. Because we see the real Seraphir. Yes. We, we know that Dina is just projecting herself into these memories, kind of like Assassin's Creed or something. Quantum Leap. Sure, yeah. There you go. Like literally the end of the second movie, is she has she has this vision where she <laughs> leaps into Seraphir <laughs> and looks in the water and sees Seraphir's reflection, and I'm just waiting for her to go, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, but no, Alice now has this compound fracture. So Cindy's kind of like dragging her ass along and, uh, eventually Ziggy hears her in the toilet and like lowers down a bucket and tries to help her up. But then, um, Tommy comes in and hacks up the guy that's with her. And so she can't lift him up alone. Uh, so Cindy or yeah, Cindy is like, you know, there's this thing in the journal that talks about her coming up through a hole somewhere i don't remember where it was but they were like this that's where the mess hall is so there's got to be a way out in the mess hall and uh, alice is like just leave me here to die whatever I'm, i'll just slow you down and cindy's like okay okay bye <laughs> which is true because even though she was like well i guess this is afterwards and she's like i can hop or i can uh, kind of limp along like, no no you can't you have a compound fracture you cannot put any weight whatsoever on that. I do find it funny that in the cave, she's like, go along without me. And then later she's like, no, I can, I can, <laughs> I've gotten my second win. <laughs> yeah. So they're, yeah, they're in the cabin or in a cabin or maybe, is it still the mess hall? I think it's the mess hall. Yeah. Okay. And they're just kind of trying to come up with a plan. Um, and they're basically just like, fuck Tommy. We're going to kick his ass. We're going to kick the witch's ass too. Fuck her too. And then Alice is all like gung ho. It's like I'm gonna hobble along. And we're gonna go beat some dick in. <laughs> and then she turns around, and Tommy hits her in the face with the axe. Yes. Um. And uh, when Alice first shows up, she's like, I, "I found the witch's hand." I don't know if we ever mentioned that the witch got her oh, hand cut yeah. off. But there's yeah, a part in the book that says when hand and body are reunited, then the curse will be lifted or something like that. Yeah, because it's the the legend is that Seraphir sacrificed her hand to the to the, as offering to the devil in order for to create the curse. Yeah, and power, I guess. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like Alice found the hand down in the cave, mm-hmm. and so they know where from this map they know where sarah's buried so yeah they're gonna that's their ultimate goal is to reunite the hand with the body like right so. um 
But yeah, then Alice gets her face cut in half. <laughs> Just immediately. Um, Dink. We do finally see, uh, at one point, Ziggy takes a, a burlap bag and tries to choke out Tommy. Mm-hmm. And he just revives, and that's where the, where the mask came from. I like that they like include that little detail of why he had a mask on. Yeah. And then I can't remember if it was, it must have been right now, or you know, at this spot where Cindy, who's just, it was always like the really buttoned up, you know, prim and proper type. She's starting to get like fucking like turning into uh, Ellen Ripley. <laughs> And she picks up a shovel and goes after Tommy and just like <laughs> puts the shovel in his throat. It's like, why won't you die? <laughs> and uh, chops his head off with the shovel. To pack a tape. I don't remember if it was like right then or if that was later, but it still happened. Yeah, that was right about then. He died a couple times. Yeah. But they remember that the witch was buried under the hanging tree. So... Cindy and Ziggy. Which was the tree that Ziggy was being strung up to right. earlier in the film. And again, a sharp eye, keen eye, whichever phrase you prefer, would notice that this is the same tree that was in the middle of the mall in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So Ziggy and Cindy uh, go off to try and reunite the hand with the body. They dig up what they think is the body, but they, all they find is just a big rock that says, the witch forever lives. Uh, at this point... Ziggy gets a nosebleed. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they're like, well, that's not good. <laughs> Ziggy gets a nosebleed, bleeds on the hand. This brings all the the boys old the killers. All, it brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, in a way. All the boys and Ruby Lane. They, all the old serial killers, you know, then they, they come back to life. And um, <clears throat> my favorite of the serial killers that they don't ever really get into is uh, Bobby or Billy Barker? The guy with the big head. No, the little kid who just wore like the mask and just like had the baseball bat. And the only time they ever show him is him just bashing someone's face in with this bat. Was he a little kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He that like had this big plastic head on her por- porcelain head or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Plastic doll mask. It says. Yeah, he was my favorite. Just like the way he walks with the bat, and he's just like, bink, <laughs> bink. Um, but yeah, all these killers are kind of, you know, convening on them, and Cindy's just like, get ready to run. Yeah. And she like runs right at, I think it's Tommy. Yes. And just like, does she hit him with a shovel? Or yeah. she just kind of run at him? Yeah, she's like, um, she's, yeah. She said, you, bl- you bled on the on the hand, now they're coming after you. Um, you know, you, you got to run and I'll, I'll create a distraction. So yeah, she drags Ziggy along and kind of throws her off into one direction and she goes after Tommy with the shovel and that doesn't go well. No, it doesn't go well for either of them. They both end up getting murdered anyways. Yeah. The, the milkman, he's like, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> and just like stabby, stabby, stabby. And he like, he, there's another thing that bothered me was he grabs her from behind and like slashes across her stomach. Mm-hmm. And like, you can see right where he slashes her, but there's like no blood and her shirt doesn't rip. Doesn't mean any sense at all. Dull ass fucking knife. It's not going to do shit. And she's just like, Oh, you cut me. Now let me go. <laughs> same thing. You know, it's funny. Same thing happened to, um, Heather at the beginning of the first movie. Different killer though. Yeah. That's either like, 
supposed to be connected or they're just lazy. Yeah. They're <laughs> just like, with this lazy writing. This, this bit works. <laughs> uh, but no, they both get murdered. And then Nick shows up and gives CPR to Ziggy. And then it's just like, it's too late for her. <laughs> Doesn't even bother with Cindy. <laughs> it, well, yeah. it's a, This scene is kind of like grim because they're both being killed. And like they're at, at while, so Ziggy's being stabbed in the stomach, and Cindy is catching an axe in the chest. Yeah, just over and over, both of them, just multiple times. I guess maybe Cindy was just like so mutilated that he was just like, yeah, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, probably. He's like, how am I going to do chest compressions? She doesn't have a chest. Yeah, but also he's doing chest compressions on Ziggy, who has multiple open wounds. What happens when you pump the heart, Taylor? <laughs> Blood comes out. Yeah. That was the other thing is I was like, <laughs> CPR doesn't work if they bleed out. No. <laughs> uh, Kristen was watching something. I think it was Criminal Minds. But yeah, so somebody had been like stabbed multiple times and they, somebody goes in tries to do chest compressions. And it's like they say like the chest compressions are causing extra blood loss. Yeah, that'll happen. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, like I said, Nick gives Ziggy CPR. She comes back to life. Cut back to 1994. We realize that Britta is Ziggy, which I didn't realize nobody else know- knew. See, yeah, <laughs> like they tried to be so creative because her name is Ziggy, but and her sister's name is Cindy. Yeah, and, and she, she goes by C Berman. Yeah, but then you find out her name is what Christine. Christine, yeah. It's like, but yeah, I thought. I already knew that. Yeah, the whole was time I... I knew Ziggy was was her. Yeah, it's like was I not supposed to know that? <laughs> right. See, and that's, that's another thing. Yeah, they it's make like... it act. They act like it's this big reveal, and I'm just like, well, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you wanted to be clever, you probably shouldn't have hired an adult actress with red hair, <laughs> or you know, a child actress with red hair. Something so so signifying. It's like you should have been a little more. Uh, um. What's the word? Ambiguous. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they ask her, you know, is the hand still buried under the tree? And she says, as far as I know. So they, they run to the mall and they unearth the hand and they realize now they can re- reunite the hand with the body. Because they know where she's Because really they know where buried. Yeah. The, yeah. I guess we kind of skipped that, but they, you find out that when, or is this later? It's, it's in the third movie. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Um, but at this point, Dina gets a nosebleed, which is another thing. People in this movie just be getting nosebleeds. Just a random nosebleed it's like, at the most a power opportune time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> is there a lot of cocaine in this town like, <laughs> the, to the teenagers are doing? There's a particularly dry summer. <laughs> yeah. People just get random nosebleeds. I kept waiting for them to explain the nosebleeds. It yeah. was going to be something, but <laughs> she bleeds on the hand and this is where she leaps into... Uh, Sarah Fear's body looks in the water, sees her, and says, Oh boy. <laughs> right. And it's like, yep. Yeah, like the song. Yeah. <laughs> like the show. Uh, and that's the end of part two. Part three, um, I think there's kind of a brief re- recap. 
cards. I skipped all the recaps. No, I, I don't mean like the ones that were like skippable. Yeah. Yeah. I think it like starts where Dina has just bled on the bones and then she jumps mm. back. So yeah, now she's Seraphir. <clears throat> and she starts wandering around. And so now we're in 1666. Um, you know, obviously before the United States was a thing, this was a, um, you know, a, a colonial settlement. Settlement, Actually, is it colonial, I guess? Or would it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I don't even know if the colonies were established yet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a very old settlement. I will say there's a couple, like, cute little callbacks here. Like, the, the opening shot is, like, a... It's either a crane shot or a drone shot, and it's like exactly the same as the second part because it's the exact same like little strip that mm. was the the gate to Camp Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the exact same. And then also when she's walking through the town, uh, you, you see Kate, who is a, a different character. I don't remember her character in this one, but she like opens her her picnic picnic basket and pulls back the. It's not a euphemism. Yeah. Um, pulls back the blanket and reveals like some berries or fruit or something, which was exactly what Kate did in the bathroom when she was showing her the drugs. Well, what she was doing, she had, uh, yeah, there was apples in it, but it was also apple liquor. Oh, is that what it was? Apple Jack is what they called it. Um, yeah, it was, it was like the, exactly the same as she did in the first one with the drugs, right? Drugs, drugs, school. Um, there was something I was going to say. About the second one. Actually, sorry, no, about the first two movies. Um, not so much in this, because it's, it's kind of a slightly different premise. Uh, but the first two movies, I did appreciate the fact that the two like main killers, Skullface and the, the Nightwing killer, um, were very uh, representative of the slasher movies of that era. Skullface looked very Ghostface ish yeah tori had like the masked knife wielding killers the cloak yeah um that kind of whole you know i i know you did last summer that whole 90s teen horror fad mm-hmm. then you had the nightwing killer looks very plaid shirt baghead very axe. friday too yeah yeah friday the 13th uh talent dread sundown that whole leather thing. face sure yeah so yeah, I, I I I liked that. I don't know if it was necessarily on purpose or if it was just like a subtle I'll, nod. I would also say part one felt very much like those movies too. Yeah, um, gorier, I would say. Sure. Yep. Um, but it, it did kind of have that like, um, that scream. I know what you did last summer esque feel of like a a, a teen horror. Yeah. Um. Was, but but part two did not really have that summer camp slasher feel to it. It wasn't, it wasn't campy enough. Yeah. Um, it just didn't feel like it, it seemed like it tried, but just didn't lean into it hard enough. Yeah. Uh, and then I've, this, this one, you know, being a period piece, it was just, it, it felt very much like the witch or like any of those other. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, you know, we're kind of seeing the settlement of union, which is, you know, Yesteryear's Sunny Sunny Dale Sunny Vale and uh and Shady Side. Yeah, they, they were one <clears throat> community. Um and yeah, we're seeing all these people that we've seen before. 
in the previous two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Dina is playing now Sarah Fear. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I won't go down the list, but all this, the, the cast is basically all people we've seen before. Right. Um, and uh, it's just, so that kind of, uh, like I got the point, but I didn't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe it was cheaper than hiring a whole new cast. I mean, it was definitely cheaper, but, um, and like, I understood why Dina was Seraphir. I didn't understand why all of her why friends anyone else was anyone else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, that it, um, you know, my girlfriend kept walking in and out of stuff and she was just like, is that the same person from the other one? I was like, yeah, just like, but they're playing somebody else. I was like, yes, I, I know. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like there were people. Yeah, this is gonna sound terrible. Maybe I shouldn't say it. <laughs> okay. Just there were people of color in it. Yeah, who Dina, probably would not be exactly in this colonial community. Yeah, yeah, Dina being one of them. But again, that makes sense because she's imagining herself as Seraphir. Yeah. Uh but then. Her brother, Josh, mm-hmm. is also Sarah Fear's brother. But their dad is white. Yep. Um, I mean, we never see Dina and Josh's father, so maybe he's white too. I don't I don't know. But um the girl that played Kate, I think she might be like Asian or possibly Latina. Um and like there they definitely weren't either of those. In colonial settlements. Right. And it's just like, I mean, I, I understand the inclusive, wanting inclusiveness in your in your cast. But when you're doing a period piece, there's some thing, there's some sacrifices you have to make. Well, right. and But I mean, that also goes into like the, why are they playing different characters? Yeah. It's like, I, just, I don't understand. And there were two, I don't I don't think they ever have any lines. I think, you know, they're only on screen for about 10 seconds, but they're uh, two, two little black kids. They don't know who they are, but like, so there, and there was two things about this. So everybody seems to be Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, apparently the, the girl who plays Kate is Filipino. Filip- okay. So, so a little bit of both. <laughs> Since the the the, the uh, Spaniards invaded the Philippines, and that's why they have Latino uh, Hispanic names. Yep. So there you go, history lesson. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, so everybody's Irish. I wasn't there in the 1600s, but from what I understand, almost all Irish people that were in North America at that time were like servants. Hmm. They weren't like settlers. <laughs> so I don't know why everybody was Irish. Like if there was like one family that was Irish, I could maybe understand. But everybody was Irish. And I don't get it. It's yeah. Like, could they not do convincing English accent or something? Or Dutch? <laughs> the Dutch. The Dutch. Um. <laughs> but no, so... I just think his don't do period pieces. If you can't do be historically accurate for Christ's sake, <laughs> like just do your fucking research. Yeah. 
like, I mean, as far as like the racist thing go, I mean, that, you know, adds, that just pertains to the people from the 1994 acting out these characters for whatever reason. We don't know why, but uh, apparently it's a TGIF fucking sitcom <laughs> after school special. Yeah. It's like they just did that on those shows. Like, it's like, oh, this is, you know, the story of my grandfather where everybody looked like me and all my friends. It's like they do that shit on those type of shows all the time. Yeah. Anyway, but so all all the youngins in the community they go and have this big party in the woods, and uh, just dance the night away. They're all dancing around the fire and drinking applejack, and um, this one guy comes up to uh, Hannah. Is that the Sam? That her um, character. B- 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 yep. Uh, he comes up to her and he's just like, "Hey, you know, you want to go fuck in the woods?" Which, as we know, you don't do. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and she's like, "No," and he's like, "Uh, but you will." And he starts like grabbing her boob and stuff. And then Sarah Dina comes up and is just like, "Hey, <laughs> get your damn hands off her." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you may. Hey, you. And he's just like, oh, what are you jealous? You want a piece of this? And she's like, why don't you take your boner and go somewhere else? Go fuck a donkey is what she says, actually. <laughs> and then everyone's like, ah, he's got a boner. Look at his stupid dick. <laughs> oh, he says that. But it's implied. But yeah, they all like point. The they all point and laugh at his penis. Right. She's like, look at that stupid guy with the hard penis. Which is just mortifying. Like, can you imagine just like a group full of people laughing at your dick? Like just being at a party and being like, hey. You want to go fool around and like getting hard because you're thinking about it. And then she's like, no. And everyone's like, ah, Tony's got a boner. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, I'm just really tired. (laughs) Doesn't even make sense. (laughs) My wrinkle in my pants. (laughs) It's, It's the pleat. Um, But so then Sarah Dina and Hannah Sam. Um, they go off in the woods and they fuck in the woods. Yeah. And this is even more graphic than the one in the first movie. Cause you see, uh, Dina just all up in there. Yep. Just muff diving. That is what they call that's it. That's what the kids call it. <laughs> I haven't heard that phrase. forever. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first one that came to mind. I think I haven't heard that phrase since 1666. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> um, but Mad Thomas, who is Tommy from the second movie. Right. Except now he's a, the town drunk. Yeah. Uh, he sees a him. complete asshole. <laughs> yeah. He sees him. And, uh, you know, this being 1666, obviously being gay is just the, the worst thing you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. What is going on? My computer keeps like jumping around. I don't know, man. Uh, so he goes and he like tells on him and all of a sudden all this bad stuff starts happening around the village. Like the, the well gets stuck. Um, uh, Sarah and her brother's pig eats all her babies. Right. And, uh, the, the pastor kind of goes crazy and he, he kills a bunch of children and gouges their eyes out. <laughs> like all the children. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, except and for the his own eyes out. Right. <laughs> Conveniently. 
Uh, although he did, uh, he did clap up um, uh, Sarah's brother. Yep. And uh, the uh, Sadie Sink. I mean, I forget what her character. Abigail Constance. Oh, Abigail was the sister. Right. Yeah. Same. Sadie Sink and uh, Emily Rudd. They play sisters in in the second and third movies, but she related to Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. What good are you then? I don't know that bitch. Uh, but the whole town kind of blames um, Sarah and Hannah for their their sins, and the guy with the boner accuses them of being witches, right? And I like how he's he says this thing about like her riding in on a red steed because she had red pants or something and like something about turning a man to stone or something like that. But talking about his boner. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, as anyone who is familiar with the Salem witch trials knows, as soon as one person accuses somebody, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah. And just like, Oh yeah, I totally saw that too. She's totally a witch. Mm-hmm. Just, um, yeah, paranoid delusions. Yeah. So they uh, they're about they're going to be hanged, and uh, uh, let's see. Um, Sarah, you know, convinces them that Hannah is innocent because she was the only witch. Yeah, and. Uh, I guess she mentioned there's uh, a man by the name of Solomon Good. Right. You remember? Good. That Good family. Good, good, good. Um, uh, who... And he's played by the guy who plays him in the first movie. Plays... Plays Nick Good. Nick, yeah. Um, he's just like, uh, you know, a, a, a guy in the town who's always been very kind to, to Sarah and it sounds like they're like she's kind of being groomed to marry him, um, but like you know, little does her father know, <laughs> right? Um, uh, but he's always, yeah, like I said, always been very kind and, and supportive of her. Um, and so when she's being accused of being a witch, he's the one that kind of stands up. It's like, do you have any proof of that whatsoever? Um, and. Uh, yeah, and like helps her hide out when the townspeople come looking for her with their pitchforks. Right. Um, yeah. So. But so Sarah says, you know, they, they already think that we're guilty of this. So what's the harm if we act, just actually do it? So she's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to. Um, there's They talk about the widow who is um, it's the same actress that played Nurse Lane. And she's, you know, into all the, like, the, the black magic and dark arts and stuff. They they were going to her to steal magic berries, psychotropic berries. It's probably those little red berries that they tell you not to eat. Probably, yeah. Little things. Little things. Yeah. You know, little things. Like in the Community Puppet episode when they all eat the berries. <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when Jason Alexander is out in the woods. <laughs> um, but they when they're stealing the berries, they see that she has this book. And so, um, Sarah says, I'll, I'll go find the widow's book and I'll make a deal with the devil 
and get it, get us off. Get you off. <laughs> you already got me off. Uh, yeah, and so then, yeah, she goes to Solomon's house and he helps her hide out and she finds this underground cave underneath Solomon's house, which of course is, is the witch's cave. Um, and while she's down there, she finds out that Solomon is actually the one making the deal with the devil and that he, every generation, someone in his family puts a name on this wall and that person starting with him. Yeah. Starting with Thomas. No, Solomon. He put his own name on. No, he Solomon made. Oh, he was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so he says, you know, he put, he puts a name on the wall. That person goes crazy and kills, you know, a handful of people break a few eggs as they say. Yeah. That was... But he gets, you know, money and power and pussy. <laughs> the three most important <laughs> things in life. First you get the money, then, then you, you get, get the power, power and then you, then get, you get the, the women. Way. But no, he gets, you know, power and whatever else he wants. Um, and you, you know, Sarah kind of says, you're a crazy person and they fight and he ends up cutting off her hand. Uh-huh. There it is. Um, actually he like, what does he, what does he hit her with? Does he have an ax or something or a knife or I, it's, it was too dark to really tell exactly what he had, but yeah, he takes a swing at her. And she, yeah. And it like, it's kind of dangling there yeah. and he's like, he pins her down by her hand and she just kind of rips it off and he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's. That was some of the most, like when he gets her, like basically chops her hand almost entirely off. I think that was some of the most authentic acting I'd seen her do in like all three movies. <laughs> yeah. That scream. She's like, <laughs> um, but yeah. Then the next morning, that's when she convinces the people that, uh, Hannah is innocent and to, to just kill her and that she, you know, bewitched Hannah. And so as she's being hanged, she tells Solomon Good, she's like, the, the truth will come out and your whole family will be cursed and fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, then they they go to bury her under the tree, but that night, Hannah and uh, others are like, she deserves a proper burial and they take her out to the woods. And that's Hannah, why they, Isaac, and Lizzie. Yeah. And so that's when they put the stone in there that says the witch forever lives and they go and they bury her in the woods, which is where, of course, uh, Sam found her in the first movie. Yeah. And they, they plant or like um, sorry, uh, Hannah puts this crown with this red mossy stuff on her head. And once they bury her, I don't know if this was supposed to be like a time lapse, like over the years, or if this was all supposed to have happened like in quick succession but this moss just spreads. Yeah. You know, coming to the point where we see it uh, in in modern day. Right. It's just this thick, lush, bright red moss. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the end of the 1666. We jump back to 1994. Um, and so, you know, Dina kind of comes out of her vision and realize that the good family is responsible for all of this. It's not actually the witch. They're they, not so good. No, good is evil. Uh, they say that. They do say it, and I groaned. Oh, 
God. <laughs> but yeah, so every generation, someone in the good family, you know, puts someone's name on the wall, sacrifices a handful of people so that they can keep Sunnyvale good, keep it clean. And they all look like Nick. <laughs> yep. So weird. Family resemblance. 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 Okay. Uncanny, yeah. Uh, so they're like, "Well, we got to go kill Nick Good." There's no, there's no other way. We have to kill the sheriff. Yeah. Uh, and so they enlist the help of this guy that uh, Dina's sister or brother Josh helped get out of prison. <laughs> right. The janitor. At the the janitor at the mall, Martin. Um, and so they come up with this plan that they're going to lure all the, the, all the killers into the mall and lock them up in the different stores. And then once Nick gets in there, they'll release them all and they'll all kill him because they're going to dump Dina's blood. Cause Dina is now the one that the witches or that the curse is on. They're going to, they're going to carry him, dump Dina's blood on him and then I'll release all the killers. Right now. Yeah, so they lay out this elaborate plan inside the mall where um, they're going to lure the killers into different stores and pull down the security, uh, like the, the gate gates. I mean, they still use them in malls today. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, they start, yeah, like you said, they're going to spread uh, Dina's blood around. Now, I think I maybe missed something. Why was her blood green? They just, they mixed it with Dayglow paint. Did they? Okay, I, I missed that. Yeah. And also, why is this mall set up with black lights? That I don't know. Yeah, they, 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 they're just like, hit the lights, and he turns off the lights, but for some reason, there's still black lights on. Yeah. I've been to a lot of malls in my life, most of them in the 90s. Never once did I see a mall that was outfitted with black lights. Have you ever been to the mall after dark? I mean, like when it's closed? Yeah. Well, no. Well, there you go. That's when they turn them on. That's when they put on the black lights and they just have a fucking rave. So they can find all the spooge. <laughs> Probably. It's like, oh, there's some cum over there. Clean that up. I mean, that's, that's legitimately the only reason I could think of why a mall would have that feature. Yeah. It was a little weird. Yeah, to find spookums. And blood, I guess. Sure. I mean, you don't... You don't want to know why either of those is involved. (laughs) Right. Um, But their plan backfires. As most plans do. Yeah. Um, He, like, he grabs Ziggy and, like... It's just like, ah, now you're all bloody. Ha ha. <laughs> Got you good, <laughs> fucker. Uh, they end up like putting Dean's blood on all the killers. So they have like a big killer fight, which just made me think of Mixtape Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they all kill each other. But then, of course, they come back to life because that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, Nick escapes into the caves, which are now under the mall. Why wouldn't they fill those in? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like these, these, it's wildly unsafe to have a tunnel system underneath them all. Yeah. You're just asking for. I mean, unless it's supposed to be there. 
<laughs> they like built it for a reason, but yeah, like to just re- be like, oh, there's no structural support underneath the mall, whatever. Yeah, just these ancient fucking rock tunnels. Yeah, well, just leave those there. We, we can store shit down there. <laughs> uh, um, oh, they do this really dumb thing where Sam attacks Dina, and Dina like breaks her out of her possession with the power of love. That's so fucking stupid. Yeah. I was so mad. <laughs> but it's like, it's really for like a split second. And Dina's just like, now just smashes her head into a rock. <laughs> um, the guy who played Tommy slash mad Thomas. His name is McCabe. That's his first name. McCabe Sly. <laughs> Sly. I probably get so much pussy. <laughs> it's like, hey, ladies, my name's McCabe. McCabe Sly. And they're like, do me, do me. <laughs> uh, Nick pins Dina down in the cave, but Dina is able to maneuver him so he touches the undulating blob. And then he has like all the visions and he's like, what have I done? Did he? Kind of. It's just like because he just kind of has that reaction. Where he's like, oh, oh, oh. well, it's like I don't really know what he's thinking. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. But. Well, it's like that. It plays out to where that is. Uh, so the the curse, as we've come to know it, was again established by the good family and mm-hmm. perpetuated by the good family. But <clears throat> Sarah also had her own curse of sorts where she said that like i'm I'll, you know you'll never forget me you'll you'll always remember the, you know all the misdeeds you've done yada 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 but apparently that only works if you touch this sack <laughs> right which is brought on by the curse from solomon so it's not even something that sarah created so unless Nick went down and touched that sack. He would have been good. He would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seemingly. So it's useless. <laughs> yeah. Useless fucking curse. <laughs> he got tricked into it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking like Schmidt from New Girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he touches it and he gets all these <clears throat> visions of all his victims and stuff. And, uh, and then Dina stabs him in the eye hole. Yep. And he did. And so all the other killers just kind of poof. Turn into flies or some shit. Yeah. They go poof. And then you hear bzzz. I assume, yeah, it was flies or, or bees. <laughs> Beads? Uh, Wikipedia says later the good family is exposed for their actions, which doesn't happen. Like they even talk about how the good family just kind of got away with it. Well, they said that or they said they had no they on because Josh is watching the news and on the news they talk about Nick being this killer and they said that his family had no no knowledge of it. Right. So not that it matters because the curse is gone. Yeah. So the good family isn't actually exposed for anything. No, they're fine. They're gonna be fine. They already have the power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see Martin trying to sell like an early iPod like thing out of the back of his car which is about the size of a stereo deck yeah <laughs> um and this girl says like oh you need a, an ssd 
and it's like trying to explain what it is. And she's like, just, you know, I am me and we can talk about it. And then she writes her handle on Josh's cast, by the way, Josh got his arm broken. Um, and this part, like I, I felt very kind of boomer here, mm. but she writes like at, and then queen of air and space or whatever it was. And I was like, no one did that. We didn't do ats. That wasn't a thing. No. When you told someone your, your aim handle, you didn't use at. That did not start until Twitter. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What are you looking up? Something that bothered me, and I didn't actually research it. So uh, she said, you need a solid state drive. Like, Were you wondering when those became a thing? Yeah. It looks like it's probably somewhat legit. Not practical, though. Not something a high school student would know? No. It's not something you could fucking walk into a radio shack and buy for like $100. Right. <laughs> it's like, if you want one, you have to go to IBM and fucking pay like $5,000 for it. And they're probably the size of a room. Yeah. Stupid bitch. <laughs> and this probably has like five megabytes in it. Yeah. Because that's how science worked back then. Yep. Then we see Dina and Sam having a picnic at Sarah Fears' grave, which is weird. A picnic. A picnic. Uh, and then it kind of, that's it. Yep. And then mid-credits, you see someone take the, the book. Uh, oh, Fear Street 4. <laughs> so that's it. That's the Fear Street trilogy. <clears throat> I was hoping that it was going to be a lot better. Yeah, I know when it was first announced they were going to be rated R, I was kind of like, all right, let's go. Because it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was a kid's book. I mean, it was a young adult book, but but it's like the people who read it are our age. Or older. Or older. No. And, well, yeah. And we want to see blood and guts and boobs. Yeah. You get boobs you so get, fast that you can't see them. Yeah, two boobs. And that's the only boobs. And yeah, it's super fast. You have to, you have to pause it. To Which see. Tony did. No, I looked it up on the on the internet. <laughs> what you got the timestamp? <laughs> oh, I just said, "Hey, I want to see this girl topless." Oh, in Google, <laughs> and then it just gave me the picture. Yeah, Google does that. <laughs> <laughs> you know something like you know I was talking about how the kids like in 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 ninety four and seventy eight didn't translate to the the the, the decades slash generation that they were in supposedly in. One thing that stood out for me, uh, nobody called it the internet in the 90s. What they called it the web? Called it the web or the World Wide Web. Nobody called it the internet. Mm. Because it, I feel like that didn't come into play until like the late 90s when people started calling it the internet. When Al Gore really kind of... Spawned it. Yeah, we step, he stepped out of the shadows. He's like, you're welcome. <laughs> A whale is in trouble. Um, yeah, so you kind of touched on it briefly uh, that the, these movies seemed like they were trying to be more adult than they actually were. Yeah. Like uh, I said, <laughs> with the first one, the first one felt very kind of like that teen horror, that PG-13 horror that spawned in the in the nineties, but then they were just like, well, let's just add a bunch of gore and make it R. Yeah. You know, like when you're in elementary school <clears throat> and you're like out at recess or something and you and your buddies were just swearing, like you weren't swearing. Well, didn't make any sense. You're just using random swear words. 
just to feel cool. Yeah, you felt like like a badass because you were swearing. <laughs> That's what this movie was. These movies were like. You're just like, yeah, well, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember in fourth grade, the first time I ever heard somebody say "fuck nut," and I thought it was the most <laughs> hilarious thing I'd ever heard. Uh, that's kind of what these movies were like. It's like children's movies with swearing. <laughs> okay, I mean that's what it felt like. Because like I didn't really get the whole like, you know, adult-oriented slasher. Yeah, this was definitely geared to a younger audience. Even though, but like, but like nineteen twenty, like not sure, not a young audience, but a younger audience. But and you know, it's like I know that these weren't direct uh, adaptations, adaptations. um, But I definitely feel like this is what the Fear Street books were like. That they were very, they're much more adult than Goosebumps, but still very clearly geared towards young adults slash teenagers. Yeah. As opposed to something like Stephen King or, you know, fucking Michael Crichton or something. It's like definitely very adult oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of how I felt about these movies. It's like, it's like they tried to make something that looked like a rated R movie, but it was really like a PG 13 movie in disguise. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's the thing is they felt like PG 13 movies that they just kind of added gore and swear words too yeah to just just to get the r rating mm-hmm. um which is funny because there's other there's lots of movies that do the exact opposite yeah like we got to take out just enough to get that pg-13 rating right <laughs> um yeah uh yeah, I mean, like all three of these movies were period pieces, and you know, it's Netflix, which is becoming you know a powerhouse studio in, in itself, so their reach is far. But I feel like the most effort they put into making this like feel like period films were the soundtracks, which they probably paid a fortune for. Oh yeah, there were so many fucking licensed songs, and like you mentioned to me, like they play like ten seconds of one, and they leap directly into the next one. Right, like. The like I said, the first half hour of the first movie is just like bam, 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 90 song, 90 song, 90 song. Like they're in the mall and it opens up on nine inch nails, and then like it goes into there's Rob Zom or White Zombie, and like when they're at school, uh Kate's walking towards Josh, and you find out he's you know, you realize he has a crush on her, and it plays Damn, I wish I was your lover for literally the t- time it takes for her to sing Damn, I wish I was your lover, and then it cuts into another song. Yeah. Then when they're on the bus, they're playing one song. Dina puts on her headphones and immediately goes to another song. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the 1978 had a pretty sweet soundtrack, a lot of cl- good classic rock. Uh, but I think about 75% of it was the same soundtrack as Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they didn't really do a lot of, uh, they didn't have a lot of creativity with that one. <clears throat> it's like there were so many good songs in the 70s. A lot of good bands. Yeah. And they used like pretty much the same ones that were <laughs> in other movies. <laughs> Damn, I wish Abed was Batman. That's what, when we were texting about that earlier, or last night, I guess, uh, I was trying so hard to remember what, what those lyrics were, and I could not remember. Damn, I wish I had some ice cream. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, uh, you know, mostly... T- uh, 
No, no, actually, they're not even really teenagers. Most of the cast were like late teens, early 20s. Um, or in Dina's case, almost 30. <laughs> it's weird how people can do that. Because I would not have guessed that she was that old. Yeah. Um, good for her, I guess. Um, but yeah, very young cast that played younger than they are. Act- I mean, they played the age that they were portraying, which again made the whole series skew much younger. Yeah. Um, it's not like Stranger Things, um, where even though it's a young cast, it attracts you know audiences from all age brackets. Mm-hmm. Just because that, I don't know. I can't even really like extrapolate what about that makes it work for all age groups. But this just didn't have that. It's, yeah. it's, it was definitely, whether it was purposely or not, I mean, probably not, but it definitely just felt like it was geared for people in the age bracket of the people that were starring in the movie. Yeah. So, you know, me being closer to 40 than I am to 20, uh, just didn't really rope me in. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I liked the first one the best. Mm-hmm. And then subsequently less each time. Uh, I liked the second one the best. I did not. I liked the second one the best. Uh, I liked the first one okay. I did not like the third one. Yeah. Which was upsetting because I really like, you know, colonial witch themed movies. Except for the witch. (laughs) That was dog shit. I don't care what anybody says. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the whole the whole witch trial type thing I, really fascinates me. So the fact that I didn't like that one was kind of, of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, it was much more, not supernatural, but it was much more kind of just like trying to tie things up. And um, it didn't have the slasher feel that the other two have. Yeah. It was... Um, I don't know. It was kind of like a, it's like the fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. It was, I mean, it was kind of like a mystery, yeah, a crime th- thriller. thriller. Yeah. <laughs> um, except it was, you know, witches instead of murders. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, my biggest problem with the second one was that it just didn't have, it didn't lean into the summer camp slasher feel enough. It was like, we want to have this summer camp slasher, but all you really got from it was the fact that there's a slasher in a summer camp. Yeah. And it didn't have that Friday the 13th mm-hmm. or that, uh, the burning kind of, you know, like I said earlier, campiness, like, yeah, I would, I would definitely like to see more, um, campiness, like trying to really lean into the whole summer camp theme. But I think the fact that it was like a summer camp slasher theme as, you know, half hearted as it may have been, Still kind of a sucker for that, so sure. <clears throat> I mean, that's my bread and butter, so yeah. So, we want to talk numbers. Um, are we doing overall or I, I, let's do it one by one? Okay, so 1990 Fear Street 94. I will give six. Um, I will give it a seven. This one was also the goriest, which I appreciated. It was, yeah. 
the second one had just like a, I think the second one might have had more kills, but you don't really see them. It's just like a lot of like an axe swinging and then somebody falling out of screen. Yeah, I mean, Artie got his face cut in half, but that was probably the most most of it. Well, the one guy did get his head completely chopped off, decapitated. Yeah, yeah. And then um, his head went down the toilet. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Let's see. Fear Street 78. I will give that seven. Um no, sorry, I'm backtracking. 94, 5, 78, 6. Um I'm gonna give 78 a six too. Like I part of me feels like it might be a seven. But then I'm like, I just said that I liked 94 better, and I gave that a 7, so I guess by... Fair enough. Not transitive property, but what it, by... Something. But by numbers. There's a word for it. Numbers. Yeah. Just counting. <laughs> so, 1666. Fear Street. 1666. Um, three. I'm going to go four. Definitely my least favorite of the bunch. Yeah, again, so disappointing. Yeah. There's so much more potential in that. And, like, you know, like I mean, I reiterated this more than once throughout the fucking two hours we've been talking. <laughs> oh, my God, this is going to be a long episode. Um, that all of these movies suffered from things that didn't make any sense. And I feel like this one had more of them. Yeah, there was definitely some logic issues that spanned the three movies. It was like there was logic issues within one movie where it was like, well, this doesn't make sense based on something I've already learned in this movie. Then there was also, this doesn't make sense based on something I learned in this other movie. Right. There's a, I was looking at the IMDb and you know how they have like trivia and soundtrack Mm -hmm. and all this extra stuff. They also have a section for goofs. Uh, There's something that I didn't even pick up on. In um, in uh, seventy eight, that when old Ziggy or adult Ziggy uh, is saying that she, she says this is a picture from the first week of camp. A week later, my sister was dead. Then during the flashback, Cindy is yelling at Ziggy for being a fuck up. And she says, I told you last week and I told you the week before that about screwing off at camp. Mm. It's like, but you've only been here for This is the first week, week, right? Actually, I guess this would would have been the last day of the first week because this all happened. The entire movie happened in the course of one day. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Because Nurse Lane says by the end of the night or by the end of the day, you all be dead or something to that effect. Anyway, so that's Fear Street, guys. Um, all in all, kind of a letdown. Yeah. Really hoping for more. But, you know, I will say I felt the same way about uh, scary stories. And as a whole, these were better than that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because um, I was also hoping for a more adult movie for scary stories and absolutely did not get it. Like I said, when you're doing these adaptations of things that were kids or young adult 
movies 20 years ago, it's like you have to decide which audience are you going for. Are you going for the age bracket that those things were written for back then? Yeah. Or do you go for the people who actually read them who are now 20 years older? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> it's true. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, special edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. Special in that it was extra long, so hopefully you made it to the end. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple weeks with a brand spanking new episode. Taylor, what are we going to be watching? Uh, well, you know, you haven't picked anything. I haven't. So Fucking uh, damn it. It's a surprise to all of us. Um, I'll pick something. Don't worry. And we're also going to be watching Demonic, the new one from uh, Neil... Uh, uh, Blomkamp. Demonic. Yep. Demonic. Yep. Demonic Mysterio. You fart. I did not. I'm smelling something. Could be dog fart. Dog fart. You smell like dog fart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, you know, check it out. Listen to Demonic and something else. We'll find out then. Yep. All right, guys. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us wherever they listen to their podcasts, except Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe, or check us out at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at grave underscore plot or anywhere else at graveplotpodcast. Of course, check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for exclusive content. And also keep an eye on graveplotfilmfest.com for information on the Grave Plot Film Fest. There it is. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Love, take me down, love, take me down Where a pair of lonely ones can always be Love, take me down, love, take me down Where I'm longing to be Love, take me down to the streets Love, take me down to the streets Just when we don't get fed at home Still gotta give the dogs more Take that love into the streets Come on! Yeah, we stand Open and honest about down I need you but you need something special first from me love take me down where I've so often been love take me down to the streets come on love take me down to the streets cause when the love don't work at home
the alleys, to the places where the boogaloo sleeps. We do things quite uniquely. 